You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for week number three of End of the World Month. We are trying really hard to finish this month before the world actually ends, and so far, doing a pretty good job, I think. Uh, We've covered viruses and natural disasters, and now we get to cover blowing leaves in the wind that will make you want to kill yourself because we're here to finally talk about the movie that is barely a year and a half old bird box the movie that uh, took netflix by storm took the world by storm and uh, has seemingly been forgotten about a year and a half later but we're here to bring it back and to remind you about how much worse the world could be if it was ending and we weren't just having fevers and coughs and getting sick uh because we could be smashing our head into plate glass windows or stepping in front of buses uh, or getting in fights with John Malkovich. There's so many more worse ways we could go. Um, I'm going to pause for a second because I'm still trying to find my quote on here. <laughs> I had it highlighted. <laughs> so I <didn't> <laughs> <forget>. <laughs> <laughs> bird box. It's the box with the birds bird in it. Box. Tweet, 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 the birds are going to save you from the evil wind. Yeah. Da, 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 and da. here it is. Oh, we interrupt this song to bring you Colin's quote. <laughs> My name is Colin, and Colin ain't going nowhere. No chance I'm going. I give you all the information that you're needing from me. You don't need me to tell you where to go. It's a supermarket. They got signs in there. You've been shopping before. You want to get cereal? They got signed for cereal. You want to get read? I get it. If you can't read, I get it. But you can read. I can't. Uh, and my name is Ben. And if I find out that Noah got a date, I'll hurt you. <laughs> he hasn't, so we're all safe. <laughs> oh, good. All right, we're fine then. Uh, Bird Box is a movie that uh, you have not seen. Um, I have now. I saw... You you have now. <laughs> you have I did not... watch it. I, we're I did my homework, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to stall while Ben finishes this movie. Bird uh, shit, Box, I did watch it. the movie. <laughs> okay. Hang on. Netflix. <laughs> oh, Sandra Bullock's in this movie. Oh, what's a blindfold? Oh, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, I, I think this is um, an interesting movie in Netflix history because, you know, we're going to have an interesting time going through the box office at the end of this. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Netflix really only started producing movies you know, less than five years ago, I think now. And I think Beast of No Nation was the first one. And remember what a big deal was made about Beast of No Nation when it came out just because Netflix had made this critically acclaimed movie. And, you know, then they got on the bandwagon of the Adam Sandler, you know, originals. And, you know, they picked up some movies like the Crouching Tiger sequel. Uh, there's been lots of movies like bright was i think probably the closest thing to a big hit netflix had that was the david ayers follow-up to suicide squad with will smith and joel edgerton uh but there hadn't really been like a netflix movie where everybody was talking about the way that you would if a movie was number one at the box office opening with you know 50 million dollars until bird box came out and it's funny when you go through like the lists of releases that netflix original movies had which first of all i i've said this many times in here i hate netflix original as a title because they apply that to stuff that they just simply buy from other countries uh <laughs> that's not necessarily original at all uh but you know we're coming off of now irishman probably being the first movie since bird box to really just get like everybody's attention uh but this is you know coming out right around the time of roma which would go on to win all these academy awards and then bird box you know this this blockbuster that doesn't even really get a theatrical release which never really had happened before uh and i remember 
when I saw this, I don't think I remember hearing about it because again, Netflix is different now. Now it'll be they'll promote them themselves. The Chris Hemsworth movie Extraction that just came out, which is probably you know another one that sort of eclipses Bird Box as far as views goes. Uh, you, you could see that all over Netflix coming soon, coming soon. I don't remember there being a coming soon for Netflix, you know, a year and a half ago. But it sort of popped up one day. It's like Sandra Bullock's is in a Netflix movie. You know, maybe I'll check this out. And I remember like a week later, Jamie said, oh, I started watching the movie Bird Box. And I actually stopped because it really seems like something you would like. I'm like, OK, we'll actually watch it. And I watched it and I did enjoy it, you know, but but I haven't really been compelled to rewatch it since. Um, for the most part, I s- still hold the same opinion I held a year and a half ago, which is this to me is, you know, a pretty solid second rate version of Signs or A Quiet Place. I will be honest with the world and say that I'm not a Netflix person. I am still of the notion that I should own a movie and not stream it. I feel weird just streaming something and not being able to keep it. I'm old school. I don't know. I don't know why I feel that way. I don't stream music. I don't stream movies. I need to keep them. So I missed the whole Bird Box craze because I didn't have Netflix. So... Uh, it was that simple. And plus, it was a movie that I think didn't really appeal to me because I think it was it looked like it was a horror movie. And I'm not a horror movie person. It's just it's never really been my genre of movies that I like. So I was kind of like, okay, cool, you know, sure. But I like Sandra Bullock, as you said. So I'd kind of avoided it all. But in the last few days, kind of talking about this movie, knowing that I was going to watch it, and speaking to people, I'm actually surprised that I know a lot of people who've watched this movie, even people that I wouldn't assume that would watch this movie. I was talking to Mallory's mum yesterday, and she's like, yeah, I watched that. I'm like, really? You watched Bird Box? That doesn't seem like a movie that I think you'd watch, but she did. So, I mean, this was one of those things that I think everybody watched. But it's interesting you mentioned Signs. Um, I mean, I got big parallels to this movie to... Um, was it Skyline, that alien invasion movie? Probably from like yeah. a decade ago that everyone hated, but I actually really liked that movie. Um, like I Am Legend, um, <laughs> The River Wild, uh, for different reasons. <laughs> the Happening? <laughs> uh, I've never seen The Happening. Uh, but yeah, Science said that you mention it. And I actually, I forget that I kind of like this genre where it's kind of, it's more like a psychological thriller kind of like you just, where you don't know what's going on. It's That's what's scary about this. And I'm not saying this is a scary movie, but... You know, I like that kind of, that tension of it. Um, Deep Blue Sea was another one that came to mind weirdly watching this movie. Um, what? <laughs> well, just because, like, you've got a band of survivors who, you know, are kind of trying to get from point A to point B, and then they get picked off one by one. I mean, again, it's a horror movie, right? That's what happens in all of them. But I don't know, like, I just weirdly got some Deep Blue Sea vibes. Not, I mean, I didn't you see the sharks, Colin? I could see the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I'm getting river? taken over. <laughs> My eyes are That's going black. That's what the boat over. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that glass appealing? I want to smash it. But um, I I enjoyed this movie. I, I actually enjoyed it. Having said that, there's a lot wrong with this movie. <laughs> <I'm> like, Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like last week with uh, Day After Tomorrow, we like adored that movie, but we spent most of it bagging it out. I feel like this week, there's so many plot holes in this movie. <laughs> um, but again, it's just... It's just one of those movies, I think, that if you can kind of ignore the glaring issues with it, you just have fun with it. And I don't know. I I wasn't expecting to like this movie as much as I think I actually do like this movie. I think it was the decision to take what probably was supposed to be a horror film and not make it a horror film. Like the director of this, Suzanne Beer, I don't know if I've seen any of the other stuff that she's made here. Um, But when you see... 
who the original director of this was supposed to be, Andy Machete. Uh, he's the guy who directed the It movies. And I think it's clear when you, you know, see the direction they wanted to go in that they wanted a horror movie. And then instead they're like, well, let's make a blockbuster more along the lines of, you know, A, a Quiet Place or Signs or, you know, any of the other numerous ones we mentioned. Uh, because I think this has more in common with it. I mean, it, when I think about what really worked about Signs and what worked about A Quiet Place, and I'll go even further back than that. You know, one of the movies we covered, I think, in our first year on the Oz Network was uh, the George Romero uh, uh, Living Dead trilogy and Night of the Living Dead. Very yeah. similar. We're basically observing the end of the world from a small group of people all confined in one space. So everything that's happening about the end of the world is all happening on the outside. It's just how do we stay safe in this house, which I think is more relatable because that's what you know most people would go through. And that's why when we were thinking about what end of the world movie should we choose, even though this wouldn't be my favorite. I mean, there's giant disaster movies I'd love to do over this, or even something like 28 Days Later would be interesting to do over this. But I just remembered from a year and a half ago, having seen this, so many of these little moments in this movie where it's like, this is actually quite relatable now, you know? We're going to cover a whole bunch of them here, but just being stuck inside a house and, you know, oh, you can't go. Oh, don't let that person in. You know, you'll have to talk to them through the window and stuff like that. There's a lot of things about this that, even though it is a supernatural thriller, uh, you know, sci-fi blockbuster, horror blockbuster, whatever you want to call it, outside of Contagion, I can't think of any other movies that actually feel more uh, like the real world we're living in right now, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, there's lots of sections in this movie where it does feel very relevant, but um, it's weird. I remember when we did Batman v Superman and we kind of talked a lot about, like, how the world was sort of, I guess, reacting to kind of, like, you know, the stuff that was happening, and then we kind of had some of that in Batman... Uh, sorry, Man of Steel, then Batman v Superman. And, you know, we wanted to kind of have that reaction, but on the flip side, I like, this is kind of where I like this type of movie where it's sort of you just you're you're experiencing it through the eyes of some people and you kind of get a clip here and there and like it's it that's what I I enjoy and I need to watch more movies like this another one Cloverfield uh kind of that was another one that kind of came to mind with this and I I've not seen Cloverfield since I saw it at the movies I I nearly walked out because I felt so sick because of the camera work (laughs) um but I still really enjoyed it so um and I think kind of like when they're done well, and, and I mean, it is a perfect time to be watching these now, as you said, kind of just like it's very relevant. Because um, like when they're done well, and that's, I think, when you really do connect with these people. And I'm not saying you connect with everyone in this movie, because, I mean, outside of Sandra Bullock and Tom, whoever the actor is who plays Tom. Is it Tom? Is it Tom? It is, it Tom. is Tom. Trevante is Tom. Rhodes. Of course. His name was on the tip of my tongue. Um... <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know if you really care too much for the other people, but I don't know where I'm going with this. I enjoyed it. Um, have you seen Sky? <laughs> have you seen Skyline? I, I saw it. I saw it. You know, maybe about six months or so after it came out. I think I rented it when it, when you could still rent DVDs. Maybe. Um, I, I don't. I didn't hate, hate the movie. Well, it was, yeah, well, I didn't that, hate actually, it. You know, that's a funny thing. We've talked a lot about how you have these battle movies, like, you know, the Battle of the Meteor movies, the Battle of the Volcano movies. That came out, was it just around, was it Battle Los Angeles or something like that? The Aaron Eckhart? They were, like, basically released at the same time. So that was another pair of movies. And to me, Skyline, so much better. But that was, like, Eric Balfour, wasn't it? Like, of all random people to start. (laughs) But apparently, I looked it up last night because I was trying to remember the name of it. I couldn't remember it. Because I'm like, this movie reminds me so much of that one with that guy from 24 in it. Um... But they've apparently made a sequel, and they're apparently about to make a third one. So, <laughs> did you know that Skyline is now about to be a trilogy? So, maybe we can cover that I, one day. 
Yeah, I th- I think I remember a second skyline being made. I don't think I went out of my way to watch it though. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on the list. Put it on the list. <laughs> Eric Balfour um, month coming in 2021. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll do three episodes of 24 and Skyline <laughs> and that movie where you see his penis. <laughs> I don't a, know the movie. <laughs> he did like some it was one of these ones that came out because it was like really controversial because apparently like the actors really had sex or something I don't know but um I think I think cuz when I was in like the 24 fan forums at the time and they brought cuz Milo was what like in the first season and then he randomly comes back in like the 6th season yeah. Um, and I think all the fans were like, oh, are they only bringing him back because he did that movie last year where he saw his penis and he's a really big dick or something like that? <laughs> so I was like, what? I was like, I don't want to know this, but I kind of do. <laughs> uh, we could basically jump right in the movie here. Uh, but um, the movie itself jumps all over the place, which I don't know if I really love that. You know, I think watching it the first time around... I- it was interesting, but now rewatching it, I'm like, okay, I, I'd almost rather just watch this chronologically start to finish. But it basically starts what is two-thirds of the way through the movie. So Sandra Bullock's talking to the kids. Uh, they're, you hear about the fastest way to the compound is through the river. This is something that's going to come up later. Uh, you can't make it with kids. That's going to come up later. Um, Sandra Bullock, which I'm with you. I mean, I'm a big Sandra Bullock fan in, in you know, in terms of like she consistently delivers in her movies, but if I can just point out the obvious here, she's starting to look a lot less and less like Sandra Bullock and more and more like the wax statue of Sandra Bullock. And I, <laughs> I noticed the same thing with um, Rob Lowe this past week. Yeah, uh, they oh did my a God, Parks yes. Recreation. Yeah, yeah, a Parks and Recreation reunion. We looked at it and Jamie was just like, oh, <laughs> it's like, who's stretching the wax statue That's of really Rob Lowe? That's really funny you mentioned that because there was something with him recently that I saw him and I'm like, Okay, Rob, like, you're a good-looking rooster, but, dude, like, you're really trying to keep your 80s look. Like, some people just age gracefully. Like, Paul Rudd doesn't age. You know, people like this don't age, but, like, you're aging. Stop trying to make aging happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel that way with Sandra Bullock, like, especially in this movie where I don't think it was in the script, but they just happened to find actors they liked, and they make a point, you know, briefly in the movie of addressing the fact that she is an older woman with a younger guy, and it just feels weird to see her going out of her way to avoid showing her age you know and i don't know how old sandra book would look if she didn't stretch her face so much but it's starting to get distracting and like this in oceans eight so you know I- i'm all for it. let actresses just age gracefully uh but uh you know it, it was a different time in 2018 it let's was let's see. you're allowed to age with this nowadays we look we judge you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but, uh, she identifies the boy and the girl as boy and girl, tells, <laughs> tells them to keep their blindfolds on, tell them no talking. <laughs> I will uh, hurt she's you. She's very great parent. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. She is very aggressive in this movie, which is something I actually like that you wouldn't normally see in a movie like this. Uh, especially having children, you know, uh, having watched a quiet place, you know, maybe six months before this came out. That was one of the things that I found the most far-fetched about that movie is like you have children and they're supposed to never raise their voices. Like I am usually recording upstairs where it's more soundproof. Today I'm recording downstairs. You will hear children in the background of this episode. Uh, it doesn't matter what we do. So I don't. You make I don't a sound. Believe... I will hurt you, Casper. Yeah, I will <laughs> hurt you. <laughs> but uh, I don't really buy you know, as much as Quiet Place is far superior to this movie. I don't really buy. Oh, you can just train children from birth to not be children. You know, you would have to be mean and aggressive at times. Uh, they're following a rope on blindfolds. This is what. 
I think you're familiar with the movie was you sort of mentioned last week, you know, it's sort of a horror movie. Uh, Sandra Bullock is blindfolded. <laughs> uh, this is pretty you. much it's it, it's the promo image of her in the blindfold. Uh, they're counting steps. So you don't really know what's going on. And they just flash back to five years earlier. And Sandra Bullock is painting. So this must be her backstory. Two hour movie. Her backstory is she's painting something. She's <laughs> pregnant. She's painting something. We get nothing else. Is it weird that every other character in this movie is given long scenes of expository dialogue where we don't care about their backstory and we get nothing with Sandra Bullock? Or does that actually make it more intriguing? What's your thought? It makes it more confusing for Ben Waterworth because let me just get this out of the whole way. <laughs> I thought this whole movie, she was a lesbian with Sarah Paulson. So when she started <laughs> macking it up with Tom, I'm like, huh? Like, I'm like, is this... <laughs> Is this, a, you know, Wait. another Gili where they're trying to turn a lesbian straight? I And it finally clicked at one point that they were sisters. Like, I was like, oh! Did, did click in this opening scene where she's referring to their father? I didn't hear that bit. I mustn't have paid attention because <laughs> I'm like, wow, Sarah Paulson, I love her. But, like, they're going to see Dr. Neela from ER to get their baby checked out and all this kind of stuff. Can I just say, great to see her back. I haven't seen her in anything in a long time. Um... And I'm like, oh, so they're like a lesbian couple having a baby. Great. And then, like, <laughs> later on, I'm like, huh? What? Like, does she only go straight when the guy's black? Like, I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> um, but then, like, it's, it's like, very oh. confused about sexuality in this movie. <laughs> no, but, like, I know you at one point, we were, you know, talking. What was the fighting and sex you thought in Catwoman was the same oh, yeah. thing? But, but, like, <laughs> no, uh, it, bon cop, bad cop, yeah. Because like I, I swear, like I just, I just thought that they were a lesbian couple, and I'm like, great, cool, lesbians having a baby, sweet, good on them. And then I'm like, huh? Ben was also under the impression that the entire cast of Ocean's Eight were also lesbians, <laughs> uh, one big orgy. <laughs> Maybe I just see Sandra Bullock and Sarah Paulson, and straight away my mind goes there. I don't know. Lesbians. <laughs> but, oh my god! But you did. Mention- That's a lesbian couple. <laughs> <laughs> you did mention Sarah Paulson, uh, who uh, OJ Simpson oh, had come on at this point, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OJ's been out for a couple of years. Love, yeah. love, I mean, love I mean, Sarah Paulson. But she's American Horror Story. She's yeah. one of these actresses that just gained fame so quickly, even though she'd been around for so long. It feels weird to say gain fame so quickly because she's an actress who'd been around for, what, 20, 30 years. Yeah. But then overnight, it, late in her career, she just exploded. You know, there's very few actors I could think of like that. But she just pops up in this, and it, it is a big deal, I guess, at the time this comes out. You know, you think she's going to be one of the big stars. Um, this is one of those moments where I immediately thought of Bird Box when we thought about doing this month, where she's introduced, she's saying, the stores are packed out there, and Sandra Bullock's like, what do you mean packed? She's like, have you not seen the news? Like, the idea that the world is ending, not here, but in other places, which we're all living through this now, or have lived through in the last couple months, where, you know, coronavirus is broken out everywhere else, so people are preparing for it, and the stores are just packed, and toilet paper's gone, and it's even great that she even gives a line in here about, uh, you know, uh, soccer moms are fighting over bottled water and toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this movie got it right before any other movie did. Well, maybe, uh, let's but... be honest, maybe this is why this all happened. Maybe people in the lead-up to coronavirus were watching Bird Box. Like, yeah. Remember that movie, watching people getting toilet paper? We need to get toilet paper in Bird Box. That's what they got. Toilet paper and potato chips, because there are so many potato chips eaten in this movie with two pregnant ladies. Uh, What is funny, which also is relevant now, is Sandra Bullock apparently doesn't know that mass suicides are happening all over the world. And it is such a big deal that people are flooding stores on a different continent. She's Jared Leto. You know the Jared Leto thing? Uh, He was Joker and won an Oscar? Uh. (laughs) 
No, Jared Leto, we're talking like weeks after coronavirus had already hit North America and, you know, there was state of emergencies. Jared Leto all of a sudden emerged and saying, I didn't realize anything was happening. I've been locked away on an island for two weeks. Like, no. really, Jared Leto? <laughs> I didn't know that. So, locked on an island is... is code for I was stoned off my tits for the last two weeks yeah, and coming exactly. off a bender. <laughs> Uh, and also another thing that I found very relevant here was Sandra Bullock saying, ah, oh, whatever, that's just in Russia, which, yeah. again, <laughs> oh, it's just an Asia thing, don't worry about it. <laughs> but even, even like uh, the way they show that map and it's kind of, you see that line like to Anchorage and it's like, first yeah. case in Anchorage. Like, again, that's very, you know, relevant to now because like that was what was happening when this was just the Asian thing. Because all of a sudden it was like, first case in Europe, first case in the States. Like, it was slowly like, oh my God, it is spreading what's going on. And then it's like, oh, it's just, a, don't worry, as long as you're not on a cruise, and they quarantine yeah. the cruise ship, you're fine. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but a little bit of, I guess, background here. I kind of like that they don't give too much detail. I would like a little bit more about her character, uh, particularly when it comes to the baby, because you get the impression right away she doesn't want this baby. Uh, she sort of alludes to, oh, there is no father around or whatever. Uh, but we never find out why a woman of her age decided to keep this baby if she clearly doesn't want it. That's something that I think could have you know, been explained a little bit better. But you immediately get the impression, at least, that, you know, oh, she's not really excited about this baby. Um, so the doctor, as you said, uh, Parma Nanagra, who uh, oh. I had stopped watching ER years before she was on there. But ER was one of these shows where I'd tune in a couple of episodes every season just to see how much worse it could get. So I'm aware she was on the show. And uh, I probably know her more from Bendit like Beckham, which is what most people, would, I think, would I associate her with. Well, I think from memory, she got ER after Bendit Light Beckham because I remember remember when I'd seen Bendit Light Beckham, I think the news had come out that she was joining ER and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember her. Um, So yeah, I like Dr. Neela from ER. She was kind of one of these ones who had a a decent story arc and from memory, she ended up staying right to the very end in season 15. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong there. It's been a while since I've watched it through, but um, no, Dr. Neela was a good one. We we like Dr. Neela. Good to see she's still a doctor. I want to say that yeah, ER and exactly. Bird Box are in the same cinematic universe. Here we go. <laughs> the ER Bird Box third watch cinematic universe? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Look at this. You can get her on for a third watch thing. Hey, we, what we would could. Dr. Whatever be doing if, you know, a, a supernatural virus hit the third watch community? <laughs> Bobby Cannavale returns. <laughs> I, I didn't recognize her the first time I saw this movie. I didn't recognize her this time watching the movie. It was only in as I was watching it this past time, and I was sort of looking through the cast. I'm like, who is Parmen Negra in this movie? And then I realized she was the doctor. So when she pops back at the end, I finally recognize her again at the last scene of the movie. Oh, sorry, spoiler. She comes back at the end. Uh, another plot hole there, but she comes back at the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a lot of hows in this movie. Um, but I love that she's just very dismissive of her patient's feelings, which... Believe it or not, doctors actually are like this. They are brutally honest, um, especially when it comes to a pregnancy. They're like, hey, you better take this seriously. But I love the pamphlet she gives her, which I just couldn't help but you know think of the Simpsons. Like She hands it to her and says, like, here, read this pamphlet. It'll help. So you decided to ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this a thing in most... North America? Like You just have pamphlets for everything. Like I swear this is like, I always see this in no. movies and TV. I don't think that's ever happened to me Like at a doctor. Like, hi. I've got a lump. Oh, so you've got cancer. What? You haven't even diagnosed me yet. Oh, sorry. Not yet. Uh, We'll get a scan first. (laughs) 
I, the pamphlets definitely are not in doctors' offices, but you will see pamphlets in the lobbies, mostly if it's a specialist. So I think in an OB, you know, you would see pamphlets everywhere on you know whatever you might want. But the doctor wouldn't be like, here, take this so you decided to ruin your life pamphlet here. That wouldn't really happen. A uh, little bit far-fetched here that she's still getting morning sickness, like, what, seven, eight months into her pregnancy, which I don't think is a thing. Uh, it might be for – I know, you know, my sister-in-law apparently – sort of had morning sickness for the majority of her pregnancy, but she was pregnant with twins. So I, I, most people don't, but maybe she's just getting sick because she read the pamphlet. I don't know. Um, there was a woman they walked past when they came into the office. They walked past her again, and now she's banging her head on the glass. Uh, Sandra Bullock catches up with her sister uh, and says, we got to get out of it. It's here. It's here. So she, she only saw this on the news for five seconds, her sister's the one who knows about it. She looks at a clip on the news about mass suicides in Russia. She sees one woman bashing her head into glass. and goes, It's here. It's here. The virus is here. Like, it should be Sarah Paulson who's jumping to this conclusion, not Sandra Bullock. Uh, but the, as they're rushing out, it, it is a really good sequence. This movie suffers from the same problem I think The Day After Tomorrow does, which is it rushes through what I think a logical story would tell over the period of a few weeks. But... They're trying to cram it into one movie. I almost feel like this would be better as a miniseries, but it's okay as a movie because we get a nice, exciting action sequence here as cars are crashing everywhere. People are, you know, pounding their head into glass, pavement, stepping in front of cars, stepping into burning vehicles. I mean, it's chaos everywhere. Um, I love that scene. Her, <laughs> that, that scene I don't love, but I'll get to in a second why. Uh, <laughs> Uh, her sister catches it in the car, so we don't even know what is going on at this point. You kind of see the effect of, like, the leaves blowing, which is the creatures of this movie. And uh, her sister gets that look in her eyes that everybody gets, just, like, eyes getting black. And, you know, she's saying, what is that? What is it? And uh, she catches this thing. She starts trying to smash the car. Sandra Bullock's flat out on the pavement. Um, outside in some residential neighborhood, people are killing themselves everywhere. A woman runs out. John Malkovich is telling her to get back inside. Uh, she's yeah. ugh, it's making me gassy. Uh, wow, <laughs> she burped. <laughs> she says <laughs> she's got the bird box. Uh, she's caught bird box. There it is. <laughs> I've got bird box. Tweet 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 tweet. Uh, she says, "Oh, she's pregnant. We have to help her." Which how could she have seen that? Because this house is like I don't know a hundred feet from the street, but she could tell she was pregnant. But everyone's uh, saying that. There's so many people in the street. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. It's like yeah, she's not that fat. What if she yeah. isn't? What if she's like, I'm not pregnant, I'm fat. Exactly. But I I wouldn't say anything at this point because if somebody's willing to take you in the house, you know, yeah. why not? Just let them yeah. leave. Yeah, pregnant, that's she, it. Nine months later, like, you know, that baby's not coming out. I have a confession to make. <laughs> I really like donuts, okay? <laughs> I'm from Canada. Um, Our babies are born differently there. Yeah, exactly. I'm from Canada, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I speak English. <laughs> Who is your floor? <laughs> uh, quotes people quotes to make us laugh that other people don't get. <laughs> Listen to Double R Seven now, available via all podcast servers. There's our one plug for the episode. We'll have many more, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> so the wife tries to help Sandra Bullock, but she ends up catching this thing just from being outside. She starts talking to her mother. She jumps in the burning vehicle. Now, here's why it's not funny. The humor in people burning is the panic on their faces of knowing they're burning alive. <laughs> and there is no panic on this woman's face. I was so disappointed watching her step into a burning vehicle and just sit there enjoying the flames. I want to see her flailing her arms with her head engulfed in flames. <laughs> That's what's Colin, funny. Colin gets off on the pain of people burning to death. <laughs> 
Uh, everybody has something weird that makes them laugh. Mine's just a lot sicker than most people. Um, but uh, BD Wong lets them in the house. Do we Aww. like BD Wong in this movie? I like BD Wong in anything. BD Wong can be in anything, and I'll like him. Uh, he, he's a quirky guy, and I think that's the problem they miss in the Jurassic World sequels, is that they make him just like a Bond henchman, which doesn't fit him, whereas he should be kind of like this quirky, charming scientist, or in this case... Gotham. Uh, I've seen him in Gotham. Arkansas. He's he's like that in Gotham. Oh, that's right. He was in Gotham. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. But yeah, yeah, great actor who doesn't really get his due. He's sort of just, oh, that was the scientist in Jurassic Park. He but, never gets you know, his due. Where's BD Wong? Like, Sarah Paulson happened over. Make BD Wong happen, Hollywood. BD Wong coming next year, the next Rene Russo. <laughs> exactly, BD Wong month. This is we're going to start it, and we're going to be the, the 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 one podcast that celebrates BD Wong. Everyone else out there, you've all been BD Wong about things until now because it's BD Wong time. <laughs> it's time to BD right about BD Wong. Okay, I don't know if that was kind of racist, but that's why I kind of paused before I said it. But whatever, I said it. <laughs> and that's a better thing to call it. I should have gone with that. It's time to be BD right about BD Wong. Um, Stop getting movies Wong. <laughs> Make BD Wong great again. <laughs> yeah. BD Wong box. It's literally a box and BD Wong's in it. And he sticks his head out and goes, there's danger. Don't go that way. Thanks, BD Wong. And they close the box. I just had an image of like a jack-in-the-box. Boom, BD Wong pops out. Hi, I'm BD Wong. You're in danger. Okay, bye. I want a BD Wong action figure now. Yes, let's make it. Can we all the t-shirts that we make just like have just a picture of BD Wong on it with just a smiley <laughs> BD Wong for hi I'm BD Wong. Uh, whoever out there can make us a mock-up of a BD Wong action figure, you'll get a free autograph photo of Ben Waterworth signed by <laughs> yours truly, Colin Hilding. Why is this the prize every single week now at all of our shows? You just really want to sign a picture of me. How about how about this? We put it on our website. Here's the thing. If you like us that much for only $1, I will sign a picture of BD Wong for you. Yes. $1 donation, sign picture of BD Wong. <laughs> and, and a lot of podcasts would donate that to like coronavirus relief or like save the children or AIDS or something like that. No, your money is better spent. It actually gets donated to a very worthy cause, the Oz Network. The worthy cause is making BD Wong great again. That's yes. what the cause is. Can we, I'm going to get a t-shirt. Make BD Wong great again. There it is. <laughs> we will sign a picture of BD Wong for you. Let's just clarify. We will sign a picture of BD Wong for a $1 donation. He's such a beautiful man. Like, we talk about Sandra Bullock <laughs> aging. Like, like BD Wong is nearly 60. Like, he is not 60. That is a lie. Wikipedia, you are a liar. <laughs> This is 25 years removed from Jurassic Park when this movie comes out. Does not look a day older. And he's his gotten face younger. Is not stretched. Yeah, <laughs> it may, may have gotten younger, yes. I'm just looking um, at his filmography that we could do for BD Wong Month. We could do such <laughs> esteemed movies as White Frog, Slappy and the Stinkers. Oh! Uh, <laughs> oh, you Slappy, like that? Slappy, I don't even know what it is, but if we could have <laughs> Slappy and the Stinkers recap on the title of our website... We have to make that happen. There's uh, Mystery Date, which I'm assuming is the movie adaptation of that board game in the Santa Claus. 
Um, and Father of the Bride Part 2. Bugger Part 1. Let's go straight into BD Wong in Part 2. <laughs> Although, actually, the he was in Part 1 as well. Two. Oh, bugger. The Substitute 2 schools out with him and Treat Williams. Oh, he was in The X-Files in an episode. He was in All-American Girl. He was in NCIS New Orleans. Oh! He was in Mr. Robot. You could watch him hang out with your man, Rami Malek. He was in American Horror Story Apocalypse? He was, actually. Uh, now that I remember that, he was. There you go. Oh, this man has done everything. <laughs> How is this man not president? Make it happen, America. <laughs> yeah, if, oh, if everyone dies in coronavirus, I only, expect, I only expect BD Wong to be in quarantine. Everyone else can die. But not BD Wong. You save BD Wong, Australia and America and Canada and every country in the world. You find him. You put him in a bird box and call it the BD Wong box and you save BD Wong. I can't wait until this episode comes out and we are going to have on our social media posts hashtag BD Wong month, hashtag make BD Wong great again, hashtag BD Wong in a box, hashtag save BD Wong. Slow down. I'm going to write all these down. Uh, <laughs> can't write that fast. I never passed shorthand. <laughs> what would BD Wong be, be in shorthand? There's a question for you. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> just draw a little picture of a smiley face. Oh, BD Wong. <laughs> new Chuck Norris. <laughs> yes, BD Wong facts. Yes. <laughs> Keep talking about the movie. Let's find some BD Wong facts. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, um, BD Wong's in the house. <laughs> There's a movie. You sell that to me at a pitch meeting, okay? BD Wong, he's in a house. BD Sold. Wong, million dollars. Literally in a house. <laughs> BD Wong threw a grenade and killed 50 people, then it exploded. BD Wong can hear sign language. B.D. Wong knows Victoria's Secret. B.D. Wong counted to infinity twice. And B.D. Wong is the reason Waldo is hiding. <laughs> the, the flu has to get a B.D. Wong shot once a year. <laughs> B.D. Wong can strangle you with a cordless phone. <laughs> Death once had a, B, a near B.D. Wong experience. When B.D. Wong crosses the street, the cars have to look both ways. <laughs> BD Wong can do a wheelie on a unicycle. <laughs> BD Wong can kill two stones with one bird. <laughs> BD Wong has been exposed to the coronavirus. Coronavirus is now in a 14-day quarantine. <laughs> BD Wong has a diary. It's called the Guinness Book of World Records. Death once had a near BD Wong experience. Oh, I said that one, Colin. Listen to me, would oh. you? Uh... Recycle jokes. The real reason Hitler killed himself is because he found out that BD Wong is Jewish. <laughs> BD Wong's daughter lost her virginity. He got it back. Oh, how did we literally every single episode we do? Oh, this one won't take long. Yeah, no, we'll get yeah. this one over and done with. And all we said was BD Wong. <laughs> oh, BD Wong, blessed be thy name. 
Amen. So be, hashtag BD Wong in the house. <laughs> Write it down, Ben. Sorry, I got BD Wong in the house. <laughs> Which we find out this is BD Wong's house, and I don't know, poor expository dialogue, whatever you want to call it. But there's a, apparently a neighborhood watch meeting in this house because everybody is there before Sandra Bullock shows up, which I think has something to do with the fact that John Malkovich is suing B.D. Wong and his partner for building a monstrosity on their house. But why the rest of the neighborhood's there if he's the only one who objects to it, I don't know. <laughs> but the house is packed, completely packed. I don't even know how these people got here because we have – this is like the board game of Clue. We've got – the lawyer, the architect, the cop, the drug addict, the pregnant chick, the construction worker. Like this, it's almost like the village people mixed with the game of Clue inside B.D. Wong's house. <laughs> and we also have the B.D. Wong. And the, and the super, and the B.D. Wong and the supermarket worker, let's not forget. And like, did all these people just run up when one at a time, John Malkovich's wife said, just one more, just one more. And he's like, no, you said that the last time. <laughs> but the house is packed with a bunch of people who shouldn't really be there. They are there, though. Who knows? Um, they're all speculating as to what's going on as John Malkovich mourns his burning wife in the car. Um, he they gets talk over about pretty being... quickly. <laughs> he does, yeah. He brings it up a couple of times, but almost like joking. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that time you killed my wife, Sandra? Yeah. <laughs> Those are the days. Um, one of the people says this is biowarfare. Again, this is one of these things where you know you think Bird Box is more relevant now. It's like, oh, it's a biological weapon. And everybody's speculating what it is. Uh, Trevante Rhodes here, which uh, you know, I don't think you're familiar with him because he, he really hasn't done much. But this is a guy who I'm 100% convinced, once he actually starts regularly working, is going to be a massive, massive star. Uh, great. He had a big, yeah. big breakthrough with uh, Moonlight two years earlier in this, uh, he was in that Academy Award nominated movie that became an Academy Award winning movie halfway through the acceptance speech of uh, <laughs> La La Land. Uh, but Moonlight was uh, a movie. It's a good movie. I, I, I thought it was a little bit overrated for the praise of God, but a movie that basically tells the story. Imagine Boyhood, but you cast different actors for the different stages. And he played the oldest version of the character in the last third of the movie and was phenomenal. And here, incredible. I, I would argue maybe even better than Sandra Bullock in this movie. The only other thing I've seen him in was The Predator, which also he had a supporting role and was incredible in that movie. Since Bird Box, he's only got one acting credit for a movie that's still yet to come out, which is a Billie Holiday biopic where he's not playing Billie Holiday. But I'm sure he'll Aww. be equally great. Damn uh, it. He will be, he'll be equally great. But Would have he's incredible. For the role. I Typecasting, you know. Um, uh, look, look, yeah, stereotypical speed, role of him. The handsome man meet to... <laughs> he, he can, he can play B.D. Wong in a B.D. Wong biopic. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, but I love Trevante Rhodes in this movie. Um, I think him and Sandra Bullock really carry this. A lot of the great actors we meet in the house here, like we said, John Malkovich, Jackie Weaver plays... She's white. Character... Yeah, no background to her character at all probably the only one that we get no information on uh is she like a big deal in australia or is she just oh, one yeah. of these actors who was no, she a big deal before making it big here yeah no she she was a, a very big deal and she'd been in a lot of esteemed australian productions and then kind of um i think it was kind of late that she made it in the states because i know when silver linings playbook came out she got a lot of uh praise for that and she, was, that wasn't the one she was nominated for an oscar was it for she was nominated she, for an oscar well, she for was. 
But she was nominated for, I think, Animal Kingdom prior to that. Right, okay. Because, like, yeah, she kind of just became a thing. And I think, you know, Australians loved her. It's kind of like um, I talked about Jack Thompson when we did the Mm -hmm. Star Wars movies, how he was a big deal and sort of made it in America, but kind of focused more on Australia. Um, But no, yeah, Jackie, Jackie Weaver, beloved in Australia, for sure. But yeah, completely wasting this movie. All she really gets to do is hit somebody over the head. Um, <laughs> lots of actors here. I'll kind of just breeze through them. As I said, we have the cop, which is Rosa Salazar, which, again, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She was in the um, the Maze Runner movies, but her big breakthrough last year was uh, the um, Alita Battle Angel movie, where she's motion capture, but motion capture to be her. You know, big deal for that movie, too. She was in American um, Horror Story. She was in the, I'm just looking here, the she very was. first season. I can't remember her in that, but um, there yeah. you go. Another, another actor that I'm convinced will be a huge star one day. And All the Ryan idea- Murphy stars. Can I just say that to interrupt you there quickly? Ryan Murphy getting a lot of his uh, alum in this movie. He makes stars. Um, he does. And here's, here's the weird one. Um, Machine Gun Kelly as Felix the druggie. Uh, is that his real name? Who is Machine Gun Kelly? I saw this. And, like, he's a yeah. rapper? I've never heard of this guy. So, I've heard of him. I, I know, you know, he's more famous for music, but he didn't go by that name in this movie. He goes by the name Colson Baker, and he had done another movie that was a semi-musical a few years prior to this, too. So I guess he's one of these guys like Eminem. It's like, you know, I'll act every once in a while, but I'll just be selected with my roles or whatever. But uh, he plays a drug addict who starts popping pills, I guess, in front of the cop, and she says, I'm a cop, you idiot, which... They're pills. They're coming from labeled bottles. So, um, I, and what is she gonna do? Arrest him while the world's killing themselves? <laughs> I don't wow. think there is law and order anymore. She gets she gets turned on by him eventually, and he pops a pill yeah. into her. So yeah, it, it doesn't take long. Um, Trevante Rhodes here, the construction worker. <laughs> Start referring them by the professions because that's what this movie is. Uh, he says he saw it happen to his crew. Somebody looked at it, and he realizes. Oh, if you look at something, then you turn, which I don't know how he avoided looking at it. They say, close all the windows. Um, Some kids are calling one of the parents here. I don't know why the kids get infected with this. And instead of killing themselves within five seconds, like everybody else, they're like, let's call mom and dad. Uh, But then the kids kill themselves over the phone. Kind of a shocking little side scene there. Uh, The president declares a state of emergency in about 20 minutes. The borders are closed in about 20 minutes. All this stuff's ringing true now. Uh, Our grocery store worker... Uh, starts talking about you know demons and spiritual beings or whatever uh, that will manifest themselves in people's worst fears. Uh, they're saying like you know what are you? It says I work at the supermarket. Did you learn all of that at the supermarket? He goes no, I learned it from the internet. I'm working on a novel, guys. Come on. Uh, and this guy Charlie, probably the, the comic relief of this movie, and really good here too. Um, and then there's a nice scene as Sandra Bullock who just went through this incredible ordeal seven eight months into her pregnancy goes to lay down as they're all now locked up in the house, a group of strangers. And Trevante Rhodes comes in and says something about, uh, you know, you look like you may have a concussion, which let's go right back to day after tomorrow. Emmy Rossum, you look feverish. Like, Does concussion have a look to it? I don't think so. But What, what medical maybe school just... do they go to? Like the, 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 the visual medical school <laughs> just... of America where they don't need to do any diagnosis. They need to be around in coronavirus. They look you on Skype, you've got cancer. You've got AIDS. Uh, you've got coronavirus. Like, that's all they do. Like, this is what we've discovered, that if the world's going to end, it needs to happen very quickly in a movie, unless you're doing A Quiet Place or I Am Legend, where you are picking up after the world's already ended. Otherwise, everything needs to happen about 10 seconds. So, oh, here's all of our experts who know everything about concussions and know everything about demons and know everything about, you know, closing the windows and whatever else. But, uh, uh 
total chaos in about 20 minutes of this movie, but the entire plot is set up very conveniently. Um, I got so distracted by B.D. Wong, um, but uh, <laughs> it's... <laughs> I mean, there's actually, you mentioned it, there's some actually really good performances in this movie. Um, I mean, Sandra Bullock is fantastic. And this is the thing with Sandra Bullock, kind of, is it since she won her Oscar, she's just only doing dramatic roles now? Like, because I remember when she won her Oscar, it was kind of a thing where I was like, oh, like, I don't really picture Sandra Bullock as doing super dramatic roles. Like, you know, she kind of was, I guess, mm. more known for her sort of romantic comedies at that point. But um, I mean, she, yeah, she basically split her entire career between doing blockbusters and romantic comedies. And I mean, it's, it's almost like the Matthew McConaughey thing. I don't know. Like Matthew McConaughey famously came out and was just like, yeah, I was sick of doing these dumb, dopey romantic comedies. I'm finally going to be serious. And he went and won an Oscar. Good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Whatever it is. Um, but she's really good in this movie, Sandra Bullock. And yeah, Tremonte Rose, I have no clue who he is, but I, for one, see this guy as big, being a big star. So, you know, really good. But then you've kind of got your actors where, again, I just feel they are wasted. Like, Jackie Weaver, what is the point of her in this movie? Uh, John Malkovich is not acting. He's just being John Malkovich. He's being John Malkovich. (laughs) (laughs) So this this is where, Colin, we needed to, like, be doing that movie because that would have been, like, a perfect segue. And speaking of which, coming soon to the Oz Network, it's Surprise Movie Month. Um, I like wonder Sarah... when we get to the plot keywords if there's going to be a plot keyword of being John Malkovich. <laughs> like Sarah Paulson is like love her, such a great actress, and she she's huge in the TV circles. But I feel like she just doesn't seem to crack it in movies. Like wasn't she in that uh, M Night Shyamalan movie last year, um, Glass or whatever it was called? Or yeah, um, but I don't know. I feel like she needs to be bigger deal in movies. But that's just me. But um. I'm not going to, like, I I like the whole setup scene where you've got them all, you know, panicking. And this is kind of these these moments in these movies that are really interesting because, you know, you are living this. You don't know what's going on. So you're kind of with the characters here. Like, oh, my God, this is freaky as all hell. But, like, there's just so many little things here. It's like, sadly, when B.D. Wong kills himself very soon, it's too, it's too much. Like, he's basically going to kill himself because he's like, hey, what if we watch them through cameras? Like, maybe that will be okay, and clearly it's not. You end up killing yourself. So why, when they're showing all the news footage of people panicking and that, are we not all dying watching the news? Like, are the news cameras yeah, like, capturing? exactly. Like, and, and how do they get this news footage back to the newsrooms to air it? And it's like, there's so many things like this. And all these people running down the street, like, why aren't they all killing themselves? Why are, like, 75% of them going, ah, I'm going to die! But only some of them are killing themselves? Like, it's kind of, it's it's selective. It's a bit strange. But again, this is kind of maybe not trying to read too much into it. Um, yeah, the whole baby thing. Again, I'm just thinking this is a happy lesbian couple having a baby. But, like, it's just, it, is a bit, <laughs> it is a bit odd that, you know... She's, what, seven, eight months pregnant. Oh, have you thought about adoption? Like, too bad Sandra Bullock's like, what? Like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm just, I'm a bit sick today. Or a bit... What are you saying? That I should get rid of my baby? <laughs> like, it's it's bit... just mood swings, okay? <laughs> it's a bit presumptuous there from Dr. Neela. Like, come on. <laughs> Be a bit more concerning to your patients. But they're also, um, again, I don't watch a lot of horror movies, but there are kind of, like, moments where... It's a little bit obvious that things are going to happen. I mean, I guess this is just a trope of this genre. Like, when you kind of walk past the woman who's eventually going to smash her head on the glass, you kind of focus too much on her being all smiley and happy on the phone. Like, are we meant to care for this woman because she's, you know, on the phone to someone? Oh, that's woman on phone. Don't kill yourself. 
Um, please don't. Coincidentally, also her name on IMDb. <laughs> Woman on phone. <laughs> Woman on. She's going to be big overnight. Like, um, yeah. She, yeah. She's going to be crazy big. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the, the house bit and you're like John Malkovich just, you know, oh, you killed my wife. I hate you. But next minute, that's okay. Let's have a chat and be all weird and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to add because it's kind of like, this is the thing with this movie. Like, it's kind of, they're locked in, it kind of intersects. And I do actually don't, I don't mind the intersection between the sort of this and the future where they're on the boat. Like, I don't mind it because, yeah, it kind of gives a few things away. Like, it doesn't take you long, I think, to realise that, well, hang on a minute, Sandra Bullock doesn't have twins. There's another pregnant woman in here. So, you know, I wonder what's going to happen there. And clearly, you know that the, you know there's no Travante left, so he's unless he's waiting for it at the other end of the river, he's going to cark it. So um, you know, there's a few things going there. But um, Charlie, he's in Get Out, isn't he? Isn't he the cop in Get Out? Is that oh, who that was guy he? Is? I think that is him. Um, I like him. He's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but also, like relevant to today, supermarket workers are our saviors, aren't they? Like you yeah. know, oh, lucky we're with a supermarket worker. <laughs> like he's going to get us food. Um. Yeah, I don't know what else I have to add. I, I do. I say the sex thing is just so odd. It's like you know when they're like, "Oh, it's never going to happen." It's like you don't know. It's the end of the world. And then like next minute, he's like having sex with her in the laundry room. Okay, sure. I know when I'm in a life or death scenario, the first thing I want to do is have sex with Rosar Salazar, whatever her name is. So, <laughs> okay, so you're in a house with pregnant Sandra Bullock. Who, let's be honest, she's not doing anything uh <laughs> you have jackie weaver and you've got rosa salazar and you're questioning why he's coming on to her well bd wong's in the same house isn't he okay point taken touche <laughs> <laughs> yeah right 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 thank you uh interesting note uh like you said sarah paulson you know, it wasn't really happening for her in movies but uh this sort of you know comes during a good two-year stretch she has here where she had a role on the post she had a big role in Ocean's 8. She also had Glass after this. Uh, this, to me, feels like you, you often get this when actors work on a movie together, and then you'll see those actors cameo in each other's movies, you know, six months, a year later. It happens all the time. George Clooney and Brad Pitt, they do it in a lot of, you know, their friends' movies. You know, Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, whatever. To me, this feels like Sarah Paulson was in Ocean's 8. Sandra Bullock made Bird Box after that. They're like, oh, what are we going to do for the sister? It's like, oh, let me bring one of the Ocean's 8 girls on, you know, and... Sarah Paulson was only available, who knows? But uh, I don't really see her, you know, auditioning for the role of sister in Bird Box. It, it seems to be more Sandra Bullock calls in a favor or something like that. But she had a good couple of years there. And, you know, well, now I guess it's just back to TV. I, I mean, I really do think it was TV that kind of it sh- shafted her right into the la- limelight. Um, and, I mean, Ryan Murphy has a big thing where he uses a lot of, like, his actors over and over again in all his shows. They're all kind of connected. But... I mean, Sarah Paulson was in an episode of Nip Tuck many years ago, but it was then American Horror Story that kind of really put her out there. And she, because like, she was basically in, I think, the first five or six, I think she kind of stepped away from the last couple. But, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, she was getting a lot of praise that I think she might have even won a Golden Globe for, or an Emmy for American Horror Story. But then obviously, uh, it was OJ that really, you know, 
gave her the big vault because of how big that was and kind of I mean she was the one essentially like in a, in a TV show where you've got John Travolta Cuba Gooding Jr you know David Schwimmer these sort of people like you've got Sarah Paulson's getting all the, the plaudits at the end so and I mean all those other guys were nominated of course but like you know she was the one I think the only one that was winning the awards I don't think any of those other three ended up winning any of their awards so that really vaulted her she was in um Another one of Ryan Murphy's shows when he did Feud, uh, which was a really good show. I'm surprised I've never like come back and done another one of those. Um, but she's going to be in the next uh, American Crime Story, which is on Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton. So, um, yes, yeah, this woman can do everything. I love, I love Sarah Paulson. What a woman. She's the female B.D. Wong. She is the female B.D. She's almost in the same category as Renee Russo. <laughs> yeah, almost. Let's Almost. Let's... Stop there. <laughs> yes. We're just like bringing all of these praise for actors, you know, in, in the last couple of weeks. Are we going to have the same thing in 2012? I mean, for, for an un, unsung hero, we had Emmy Rossum last week. We had Renee Russo two weeks ago. I don't know. I mean, Woody Harrelson's in it, so I think you've already got your erection. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying for more, I'm a lesser appreciated actor. I mean, uh, is John Cusack appreciated anymore? I feel like he's kind of. I appreciate <laughs> him. <laughs> John, John Cusack's just one of those actors I don't think about. It's like, oh, it's John Cusack. <laughs> there he is. Well, we'll get to it next week, but like, not not so much anymore because he doesn't do as much. But there was a point in time where I would rank my top five favorite actors. But uh... see, see, we need to come out with tiers of actors, right? So like, you know, we've yeah. got them, but like, obviously, like top tier, you know, Renee Russo, Liam, Liam Brendan Fraser, um, yeah. <laughs> Toby Maguire. We've forgotten about them. Yeah. Kevin Bacon, Pierce Brosnan. You know, Natalie Portman, Madonna. Uh, <laughs> he's gone quiet. Move All on, right. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joke died. Move uh, on. <laughs> uh, jumping back into the movie here, uh, we get our flash forward here. Now, I, I as I said earlier, the first time I watched this, I liked the whole flash forward, flash back thing. But I think once you know the ending, like these scenes are so brief that there's no suspense. Whereas I feel like now, when you can watch these other scenes like the supermarket scene or, you know, the the virus or whatever creature breakout that just happened here in entirety, there is a lot of excitement in this movie. And I just wish now that I know all the suspense of what are they doing on the river and you know what are the kids there for and why are they blindfolded and all that, that you lose so much because the scenes are just given like two minutes or whatever. But we see... The literal bird box here. Now let's talk about the title of this movie. <laughs> um, bird box is not some clever title. It is literally referring to a box that has birds in it. Because <laughs> if the birds chirp, you know the creatures are near. Maybe one of the worst titles ever. Uh, it's yeah. not an awful title in that if you see it, you would think, oh, that's intriguing. I wonder what Bird Box is. To me, this reminded me of the Jennifer Gardner movie that came out, I think right around the same time, uh, her big return to action movies, Peppermint, which you know, I remember thinking like, oh, maybe that's like a code word. Like I was thinking very alias, like it's a code word. And then you watch the movie and you realize literally the only context of Peppermint is that was the flavor of ice cream her daughter ordered about two minutes before she was shot by gangsters. Oh. And the movie was called Peppermint, you know, because her daughter ordered peppermint ice cream. Uh, so I'm going to put bird box in the say more. category, <laughs> but like bird box is a title. Um, even when There's it does make few. sense, it's a little bit dumb. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a bit last week, didn't we? The day after tomorrow, not brilliant. Um, yeah. but I mean, look, 
I know over on Double Oz Seven. Download now via Apple Podcast. Um, I was Skyfall is a movie which I think is is pointless title. Like to me, the whole thing is about a house. Like, okay, that's where Jay's one grew up. Sweet Skyfall. Like that is a dumb title to me. Um, Quantum of Solace. What? Like it just—I I don't know why I'm automatically thinking of James Bond movies, but no, you're right. Like it, it is—it's—it's it's dumb. But like I was thinking because we—I don't think we mentioned that this was based on a book because I, I sort of a lot of people what thought this was kind of ripping off a Quiet Place, but technically Bird Box came before a Quiet Place because the book was released yeah. like five years beforehand. And I thought like, well, did they adapt this and just change the name of it? But the book is called Bird Box. So um, whoever wrote that book, Josh Malaman. He's the one who's a bit weird because, yeah, it is a bit silly that that is the name. Because, like, again, I'm thinking there's going to be this big reveal, like, around bird boxes. Like, is that the cure or something? I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's yeah. just they, they go, beep, beep, beep. I'm sure if you fucking put a dog in a box, it's yeah. going to bark. <laughs> like, I mean, what's unusual about an animal making dog. noise? Like, we saw in the day after tomorrow last week, the birds flew away when they knew a tidal wave was coming. Yeah. Like, they're... they're Birds and animals are, you know, they're smart. They know when they, they sense danger. They sense danger, all right? Somehow the animals are always the first to know. Exactly. Like, again, dog box. You know, B.D. Wong box. Yeah. B.D. Wong knows. <laughs> B.D. Wong box. <laughs> B.D. Wong knows. He senses this stuff. Something's Wong. Something's Wong, people. <laughs> Something's B.D. Wong. Uh, but there is literally a bird box in this movie, and there's going to be a lot of fun bird box moments throughout. Um, present day, they're listening to the radio. There's one guy who's still on the radio. He's saying, you know, three days, uh, this has been going on. Stay indoors, people. Stay at home. Uh, they, um, start to reveal their backgrounds. This is where John Malkovich says he's a bankruptcy lawyer and BD Wong has a thing. It's like, who's suing his own neighbors, which is the only context we get as to why these two are in the house together. The rest of the people, we still don't know. Uh, somebody's banging on the door saying, let me in, let me in. My name is Olympia. <laughs> Why does she get the name Olympia? Whereas everybody else in this movie is like, Charlie, Tom, Greg, Felix. <laughs> Play, played by uh, the esteemed Australian actress, Danielle McDonald, by the way. Yeah, which, there's there's another one. An actress who, more on like the indie film circuit, has gotten a lot of praise and been in a lot of very, you know, respected Lady movies. She's the Lady Bird, Lady Bird was isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the big movie she had uh, was uh, called Patty Cakes, which was like an indie movie a couple of years ago that uh, you know won a lot of like indie awards. But uh, like, was she famous at all before, or is no. she just one? She, I think she's she, she, look, yeah. Looking at her filmography, she's done nothing in Australia. She seems to have just like just gone straight to the states. And funnily enough. God, this isn't the ER bird box. This is the Ryan Murphy extended universe. She was in Glee. <laughs> she was in American Story Renoke. I can never pronounce that word. So she's been in a few ones as well. So, God, Ryan Murphy really providing all of his actors right now to Netflix. So, um, I mean, he did sign a Netflix deal around about this time. So there you go. Makes sense. Um, but no, I, I, I mean, I, I barely even knew she was Australian. Um, she went to the Australian <laughs> Institute of Performing Arts. Uh, and when she was 18, apparently here, she moved to Hollywood. So Australian TV shows are too good for her. She never was in yeah. Neighbours or Home and Away. She went straight to the US. Oh, oh so sophisticated. Um, I wouldn't have guessed she was Australian, though, until you said that. I mean, honestly, I didn't know until I looked at the Wikipedia page. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is another example. Like, I think there are actors in this movie who get good performances with bad characters like Sandra Bullock has a bad character John Malkovich has a bad character they give incredible performances there are actors who give 
a good performance despite having no character, and that would be Danielle McDonald and Jackie Weaver, you know, because we don't know nothing about her. She's a pregnant woman, too. Coincidentally, her babies do around the same time as Sandra Bullock's, um, and that's pretty much it. She likes Disney. I guess that's all we really know about her, and she <laughs> sobs. Um, <laughs> that's a, she gets a script. Tell me a bit about my character. Okay, yeah. <laughs> she's pregnant. Um, she's nearly due. She likes Disney. Okay, good. Yeah. I can get into that character. <laughs> Got it. I'm in. I'm, I'm in the zone. She's a method actor. She <laughs> as soon is. as you said Disney, I got it. <laughs> now, Disney, like, specifically what? Like, are we talking classic Disney? Like, you know, Cinderella? Yeah. She more into the new stuff? Animated? Maybe a bit of Marvel? Star Wars, even? Like, give me some more context. Yeah, I don't see her as a Lilo and Stitch kind of girl. I'm thinking <laughs> she's more Maybe Mulan. Tarzan? Mulan? Tarzan, possibly. Hunchback of uh, Notre Dame, maybe. She maybe got halfway I, through Dinosaur but stopped it. I don't know. I have a feeling that in her spare time, she writes Three Caballeros fan fiction. <laughs> I see it. Now that you mention it, I see it. Yes. She's really into that. She, Her husband's in Iraq or, you know, wherever. Yeah. She's bored, you know. I'm going to whack open the laptop and start typing away. There once was a person. <laughs> um, but, yeah, all we really know is she's pregnant and Sandra Bullock tries to shoot her. Uh, she um, had sex at least she once. She had sex at one point in her life. We know that much. Uh, but she's banging on doors, trying to be let in. I don't know why. Um, she felt her way from door to door. Why? Well, this is what I don't understand about this movie. You're seeing that people everywhere are killing themselves. Not everybody's just going to take two minutes to put together, oh, they saw something invisible in the air and it turned them crazy. Is the first thing you're going to do say, I'm going to go find more people? Like, right now, how many people are saying, oh, you know what? I just want to go where people are. People are spreading this, so let me go where people are. She's at home. distancing. Yeah, she's she's doing the exact opposite. She is social not distancing, (laughs) if that's a thing. (laughs) Social closening yeah <laughs> um but i guess she's living with them now uh, there's a moment where sandra bullock's holding a gun and john malkovich says something like put that away you don't even know how to use it and she does some cool gun trick to prove that she can shoot a gun later on um and uh john malkovich says oh great another pregnant girl now we can all starve here in the maternity ward <laughs> he's got some <laughs> good lines in this movie but then often it's like it's a very one note character uh, this is where B.D. Wong comes up with the brilliant oh. idea of there's c- cameras. I have cameras outside. You know, we could, you know, see this. And he goes in this technical explanation of, you know, it's just a, a virtual signal or digital imaging and blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's not real. And so he comes up with a plan. I will watch these cameras. Strap me to the chair. There's actually a really good moment where, you know, Sandra Bullock saying, you don't have to do this. as I know. I want to do it or whatever. Uh, and he sits there watching these monitors, which, like you said, biggest plot hole in this movie. The news footage was all over the place of this happening in Russia, and nobody was watching their TV and jumping out their window. Um, we get uh, the Rosa Salazar, the cop here, stretching. This is the other question I have. Like, was it just everybody in the area ran into this one house? Because this is like the block. Like, do you have block parents in Australia? That's a thing um, here. Is that like parents of the reality show the block um <laughs> no it's it's something uh it, it really was big in the 80s and 90s but you still see it every once in a while here 
I guess you apply to be like a safe place in case a kid gets lost in a neighborhood, and you have oh, a sign. Oh yeah, uh, it's called safety house in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I don't. This is like a block parent house or something because everybody just comes here. Why the drug dealer came to this house? I don't know. Why the cop was out jogging because she's basically in a jogging bra for this entire movie, stretching. Um, and she's the hot girl. That's the only reason they, why. That's what all cops look. This is the cop uniform in whatever city they're in here. Um, <laughs> but the the drug dealer, or drug addict, whatever, he's checking around. She just says, "Not a chance." He goes, "It is the end of the world, baby. <laughs> this isn't an end of the world novel." Um, Classic machine gun Kelly, Kelly. pickup yeah. line. <laughs> that was, all his music. <laughs> it was the title of his first CD. <laughs> the end of the world. And I, actually, one thing I went right a bit. I love it. Like early on, when he's like, "We're fucking fucked." He just says that about like ten times over. Um, BD Wong goes crazy oh, watching the monitors. So sad. Uh, oh. Great, great destiny. Just tips himself over and slams his head into the floor since he's tied up. So they realize the monitors aren't going to work. I really love the little details. Like, I think this movie is a lot more suspenseful when they're interacting with something and it's not just blowing around leaves like what we get for the climax. Because when they come into the room, something you wouldn't think of is don't look at the monitor. And now we're like, okay, cover your cough, wash your hands. And it's now evolved to wear a mask. Don't touch surfaces. Don't touch your face. Put up face shields in stores. You know, everything under the sun that you wouldn't have thought of before, you now have to be careful about. And here it's like, some somebody smashed the monitor. We can't look at the monitor. And you realize that would be pretty hard to walk in a room, be able to dispose of a body and not look at the monitor. Um, but sadly, B.D. Wong's the next one to go. Uh, th- there is uh, a moment here during the uh, scene where the pregnant ladies are talking. Uh, what is the Olympia? Olympia. When Olympia and... Sandra Bullock's character's name is Mallory. Did she watch this movie? Uh, yeah, no, she didn't. But um, she, the, when I watched this movie, she, funnily enough, she was like in transit finally to get here in Canada. And I'm sure all our fan are uh, wondering if she made it here. She's here. Good job. But um, I remember messaging her saying like, hey, Sandra Bullock's character in this movie is called Mallory. And she was like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's and Ray Fiennes. That's Sandra Bullock and Ray Fiennes have played my fiance. So there you go. <laughs> Who would you take, Sandra Bullock or Ray Fiennes? Ray Fiennes, because you know he's up for it. Absolutely. <laughs> Correct answer, right? Um, but in this scene where they're talking and, and Olympia's saying, you know, oh, do you mind if I sleep with you? I've heard that, you know, babies, uh, if the mother's lonely, they sense it. So they figure they should sleep together. She starts asking personal questions. And this is the only moment where we get the background of, you know, oh, what about your husband? Uh, no, I'm by myself. Uh, if you'll excuse me for a minute. The blinds are partially open in this entire scene, which really bothers me because yeah. they have to block, block everything out. And there are tons of moments in this movie where the sunlight's there. Um, a newspaper. New- what? Yeah, like- newspaper blocking. <laughs> now, I'm going to – I'm hopefully we're going to finish this in about an hour here because I made Jamie a promise. Uh, <laughs> we can do it easily. What, are they, uh, what happens? They all die and they're on a boat. There we go. Bird box. The end. Let's talk about Betty Wong for the next gonna, hour. <laughs> I'm going to take this moment to cover – the biggest thing that I object with this movie that I know I'll forget if I don't bring it up now. What are the rules of this world? Like in A Quiet Place, we understand it. In Signs, we understand it. In this world, some creatures are out there. They're invisible. You can't feel them, but people can see them, you know. And they make leaves blow, but if you stay inside, you're safe. So when you open the door, can they walk in too? Because they blow through the air very quickly. What about a chimney? Does it come down the chimney? When yeah. windows are open and it's a screen window, does it just air? Does it come in? Like, nothing actually makes sense of As long as you don't look at it, 
okay, but if it walks into the house and you look at it, it's in the house. Like, these are still physical creatures from what we learn about this movie. So something as simple as we open the door to let Olympia in, one of these things could be in there right now. Like, none of the logic of this movie actually is explained. Like, I'm sure that they sat down and thought about it, but there's no explanation here, which is frustrating because every time one of these scenes comes up, I'm like, okay, so the blindfold keeps it out even though you can kind of see through the blindfold. The newspaper keeps it out even though you can sort of see through the newspaper. But if there's a crack in the window, it doesn't you know, uh, affect it or, or it does affect – you can see it. If you watch on a monitor, you can see it. But if your door is open for a minute and a half, as long as your eyes are closed, as long as the door is open, they won't walk inside? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's um, uh, and this is and this is I'm sure the book explains it uh, maybe yeah. I don't know but like it is and it's tricky like like you can un- you can really enjoy this movie but like it it really is a movie that you do walk out of going holy crap there are so many things wrong with it and that like you're right like and like even like closing your eyes like that's enough and then like even when you've got the blindfold on like you can still kind of see like through slight yeah. gaps of the material like it's like why can't they sneak through there um i a mean black and white monitor can't hold yeah. them back but a newspaper can <laughs> and it's like um yeah you know like again i sort of said it before that I, I do like a movie where kind of you're living through the character's eyes and you're you know you're as confused as they are but I also think there needs to be a bit of explanation, like signs, you know, it was that the water killed them. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen signs. And, like, so many people rip into signs as having a terrible twist because they're like, well, why are the aliens so dumb to come to a planet that's 75% water? Well, maybe the aliens didn't know that that killed them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's well, kind of, maybe they've never seen water before, so they don't know that's going to kill them. If I went to planet Zardox and there was, like, some <laughs> mag- mysterious substance that I've never seen that makes 75% of the planet and gets on my skin, I don't know that's going to kill me until it gets on me. But at least signs thought even about that. Like, they don't give a conclusive answer, but they think enough that the audience is going to ask that. So they have the line where it was M. Night Shyamalan's character who says, you know, oh, I heard this rumor that, uh, yeah. you know, th- th- the reason is crop circles is because they're avoiding places with water. So let's go to a place where there's water. So there's at least the seed plant in your head. Hey, they're only invading places that are not near bodied water. You know, so th- yeah. this movie has nothing like that. It's like, how- does it creep underneath a door? What if there's a crack in a window? It's, it, it's There's no explanation. And- and do they, and I don't know if this is kept, because I know you, you Google freaking Bird Box and there's 10,000 theory websites and freaking YouTube videos trying to get to the bottom. Oh, finally revealed what the mysterious thing is killing you in Bird Box. But like, is this a deliberate ploy by the, the author of the book, if it's in the book or the, the, you know, the movie, the director or anything to keep this open-ended to get people speculating? Because mm. as much as it is kind of, you know, a bit scary to have this unknown thing and never get it explained... I do kind of feel like you need something. Like, I mean, like, War of the Worlds. I don't think you like War of the Worlds from memory, do you? Not, or... the, not the Tom Cruise one, no. I actually really like the Tom Cruise one. But, like, I mean, that, again, also gets a bit of slack the way it just kind of ends suddenly. Like, they died because they got the cold. Again, spoiler alert if you haven't seen War of the Worlds. But, I mean, at least they explain it. Yeah. Like, it may be stupid. Another one that I haven't seen in a very long time... Um, the Day the Earth Stood Still, the County Reeves remake. Oh, yeah. And that basically all what boarded down to the fact that Aliens were killing us all off because we destroyed our planet, mm-hmm. but we're going to give you a second chance, but you're going to have to start again. Like, again, it's dumb. It's kind of silly, but, like, at least I give you an explanation. This yeah. movie, spoiler There's alert, nothing. she ends up at a blind school. Yeah. And you actually, <laughs> funny, thing, funny thing is, this whole movie, the one thing I'm thinking of, like, so are blind people immune? Like, yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden at the end, 
They are. Good time to be blind. <laughs> um, we also get her walking in on the cop and the drug uh. addict having sex standing up. Uh, Trevante Rhodes, who doesn't observe this, somehow walks out and says, there's yeah. something you can't unsee. Like, did he Maybe peek he in watching. first? Like, a, yeah, he, he's that's one of the cameras. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one camera I left active. <laughs> he, he was he was behind the uh, like he heard Sandra Bullock's like shit zips his pants up. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> something you can't see. <laughs> um, we start to get a little bit more. This is where the movie works on a first viewing. Uh, as they flash forward to her on the river again, and there's somebody who's calling out to her saying, your kids, they look hungry, take off your blindfold, and she's saying, no, 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 you're wondering, there's another person, why would she trust them? She ends up getting an altercation with this guy as he's trying to rip off her blindfold, she takes a machete and hits him in the head with it, um, that, on a second viewing, when you know, okay, there are different versions of the sickness you can get from these creatures or whatever, and that some people live through it, and they just are trying to destroy everybody else. You know, it's a lot less suspenseful, but it was quite interesting seeing this the first time. Uh, Then we get to the best sequence of this entire movie, which I had forgotten most of the climax, mostly because it is pretty dull. Uh, But this sequence of going to the grocery store, like you wouldn't think going to the grocery store in a movie like this would be this good, especially when there really isn't any action, but it's phenomenal. Like this is the best section of the movie. Uh, They're trying to figure out, well, how are we going to go to the grocery store? Uh, well, let's drive this car. It's a clever idea. The car has GPS, which, again, logically makes no sense. This is probably at least a month later. I don't understand why they're still running water, why there's still electricity, um, how the satellites are operating. Like, don't satellites need to be, you know, reconfigured by NASA and stuff like that? And like, would GPS still be operating if nobody is there to work? Businesses are still run by people. <laughs> Not everything's automated. Uh, but the idea of we'll use the GPS Great idea. They're all debating about who should go. Um, I love the cop here. Uh, she says, I'll go. I have the training for it. Like, really, they gave you training for how to deal with supernatural creatures that you can't all look right, at or officer. you'll commit suicide. Day 22. Okay, the scenario. Yes. <laughs> the world has been taken over by invisible forces that make you kill, themse- kill yourselves if you look at them. You have to go to a supermarket to get supplies. You only have a car with GPS and blacked out windows. Yeah. Go. Do not wear bulletproof vests. Training yes. bras only, people. And Training bras you, only. <laughs> you must have sex with white trash just yeah. beforehand. <laughs> Specifically, Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly. And Go. unless you're standing up, it doesn't count. You're dead already. <laughs> and you must first reject him. And <laughs> BD Wong must be in the same house. And surround yourself with pregnant ladies. If you can have one on your hand at any given time, you'll be safe. Specifically, Australians who didn't make it in their own country and had to go to the States. Only then will you be in training correctly. Go. Congratulations. You have graduated from Police Academy. Uh, so she has the training. So she'll be fine. Don't worry. She's good. She's she's all gold. She's very she's, good. She's locked in. Um, everybody wants to go, apparently. But they say, well, no, half of us will go this time. Half of us will go the next time. Uh, they say Charlie should come because he works at the supermarket. 
This is where you have the brilliant monologue he has here about, I'm not going, you don't need me. They got signs there. They, they, if you want cereal, they got a sign that says cereal. If you can't read, I get it, but you can read. <laughs> he's just, he's amazing. Like, I wish, there's these characters that you wish would last longer in the movie. He's the one, like, I want to see him live to the end. You know, I want to see Sandra Bullock end up marrying him instead of Trevante Rhodes. I love Trevante Rhodes, but why does Charlie get no love here? Maybe Olympia should marry Charlie. Maybe the cop should have married Charlie. Charlie gets no love. This is the one bit, though, that, like, again, the few horror movies I've seen, like, it's just such a cliche trope thing. Oh, yeah. Like, you know he's going to die. Exactly. Like, the reluctant one person. want to go. It's, it's, um, I mean, this is, again, you laughed at me for Deep Blue Sea, but, um, the, the, who was the redhead guy? We've got, we've seen him in things before. He was the helicopter pilot in the sixth day. Um, he was sort of semi-big in the 90s. Anyway, he was, like, terrified, didn't want to do anything, and then he ended up going for a swim to help them out, and then he ends up getting eaten. So, like, it's kind of like, you know, like, it's just... it's. I get it. You've got to have this. But at the same time, as soon as he's like that, I'm like, oh, he's dead. He's dying in the supermarket. Yeah, which is sad, because he's fun. Um, And he didn't have to die. There's so many other things. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm uh, mourning him, too. I'm still not over (laughs) B.D. Wong. But... The plan's quite clever. I like all the lengths they have to go through. Again, very similar to me to A Quiet Place and Signs. Like, you know, oh, we need to board up all the windows. We need to get down to the basement. You know, we need to uh, soundproof this room we're in. This is where we're going to black out the windows. We're going to paint the windows, uh, do everything they can. When they start backing out, they're using the the proximity alert on the car. When you start to get close to something, it'll tell you to kind of swerve away, which is, you know, it's plausible, I guess. Uh, if, if GPS would still be operational, that's what we don't know. Uh, but then we get this incredible sequence where they're having something come up on them. And they're like, okay, move. And then it's coming up on the other side. And then suddenly this proximity it's all around the car. And you see shadows pass overhead. And you realize these creatures are out there. Even though when you look outside, you're still just seeing blowing leaves. But there's a shadow being cast. Like, very effective sequence. I wouldn't say scary. That's why I... I hesitate more with considering this a horror movie. I, I consider it more like a supernatural thriller. Uh, but I, I love the whole drive to the supermarket here. Charlie almost jumping out of the car, uh, more signaling that he's going to be dead here. Uh, they get to the supermarket, and uh, John Malkovich goes straight for the booze. <laughs> uh, well, everybody else saying, get the canned goods, get the toilet paper. <laughs> he's like, where's the booze? <laughs> uh, Trevante Rhodes Gives another one of his pickup lines, a less uh, subtle pickup here to Sandra Bullock, where he's talking about babies, and he's like, you know, oh, my, my sister has four kids. He goes, oh, your sister's a saint. Uh, and he says, I'm always touching her belly. And it was like one step away from saying, can I touch yours? <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit creepy. Uh, and then she says something to him about, you know, you know, I could have been your babysitter when he's saying how close they lived. He goes, my hot babysitter. <laughs> like, yeah, oh. that's so bad, that line. <laughs> oh, my God. Not exactly the most brilliant script. <laughs> uh, but that's the only time where they allude to her being older, which this is why I said I don't think it was in the script. I think I like the fact they literally just cast an actress who was in her 40s, cast an actor who was in his 20s, and they're like, we love these two actors. Okay, but there's a big age difference. Let's either not mention it or let's just have a throwaway joke. And they just leave it as a throwaway joke. But, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing in this movie, along with, as you said, with the, the, the cop, like, would she be hooking up with him? There's literally nobody else. It's not like he has any other options, and she certainly doesn't. <laughs> um, I mean, she could have gone for Trevante Rhodes or B.D. Wong, like we said. But B.D. Wong is, is not straight in this movie, so he's off the table. But he, he's, he's also not straight in real life, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but um, 
Sandra Bullock, you know, has an interesting line here where she says, you're only saying that because it's the end of the world. And he's like, well, maybe. And you're like, well, that, that actually makes more sense now. Like, if you're literally locked in a house with eight other people and you think we might be the eight last people alive, you're going to pick one of member of the opposite sex and you're, you're going to give him a cheesy pickup line or something. So... <laughs> So you better say give him something else here, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I still, even though the dialogue's bad, I like the way that they sort of address even that of, you know, yeah, maybe I'm only attracted to you because it's the end of the world, but uh, hey, it's something, you know. Uh, everybody's got to get laid sometimes. <laughs> uh, what do we have? Oh, yeah, John Malkovich here when he's drinking in the, the shopping aisle and he says, attention, all of us are collectively making the end of the world great again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> That's but a bit imagine on the nose. if he says all of us are making, and we dub B.D. Wong, great yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get his body. <laughs> uh, I can't remember who it was that comes up with the idea, but we should just stay here. Like, forget about the people back at the house. You know, It's John Malkovich, li- isn't it? It might be. I mean, it sounds like something he would say. Uh, but then I'm starting to wonder, like, this is a small supermarket. Is there a kitchen there? Like, first of all, you shouldn't need a kitchen at this point because there shouldn't be electricity, but there is. But is there a kitchen? Is there a bathroom? Is there a bathtub? Is there a bed? And they're just like, let's just live in the supermarket. It just seems like a stupid <laughs> thing to do. And their their debate isn't any of that stuff. It's like, come on, there's people back at the house that need us. <laughs> like, no, how about you can't live in a supermarket? Uh, well, I yeah. guess they did Dawn of the Dead or a mall or whatever, but there, there were beds in there. Um, these are the objections we're coming up with. Uh, there's banging on the loading dock door. Now, this is the scene where it'll start to connect to the one earlier on where uh, the guy is still alive, even though he's caught this and he's trying to rip off other people's blindfolds to see whatever he sees instead of killing himself. And as this guy's banging the door saying, let me in, let me in, guys. Come on, guys, let me in. Uh, you get Charlie's like, fish fingers, is that you? <laughs> His, nickname... His nickname, fish fingers. Because he uh, works in the seafood <laughs> section. Do you get it, everyone? I... <laughs> so clever. I so wanted Charlie, fish fingers, is that you? They're like, grocery bagger? <laughs> You're alive, grocery bagger! <laughs> Produce stacker! You made it too! Bun sniffer! That's the guy who works in the bakery! Tampon rag! He works in the pharmacy! Like, just his name is Fish Fingers. Like, they, when you were at work, did I identify you by your position? Like, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, shit um, worker. That's where I get, you know. <laughs> Slacker! There's Ben. Yes. Well, you did have that nickname for your work ethic. Uh, <laughs> did. But, um, do. Still do. Um, but he's trying to get in, and this is when you realize there's something wrong as they start to open the door. And I really can't tell what happens here. Charlie goes from being the coward to as the door's opening, and two people can't close the door in on him, where Charlie just decides, I'm going to ram this door or ram the guy out of the door, basically kill himself or sacrifice himself. But... I swear the idea here is supposed to be he looked out because the door was open to crack. He looked out and suddenly he starts to go crazy. But in just a few seconds he has, he just charges out there. But, you know, it's very unclear why this happens. And you said it's completely obvious what's going to happen. to him. I don't think it's really handled effectively. We don't really get a moment of what, why he'd be willing to sacrifice himself for everybody when he wasn't earlier. But anyways, he's dead um, <laughs> along with BD Wong. 
And no. they get back to the house. Uh, oh, we should mention Sandra Bullock found birds in there that will eventually yes. be in a box, but right now it is bird cage, bird box, slightly catchier title, I guess. The, birds the bird cage is a better movie, would you say, or do we like the bird cage? Uh, I didn't care for it, but uh, no. um, it could, could it still have been called Fish Fingers. I, I I think it would have been better. I would have seen it more likely a couple of years ago. Oh, movie called Fishman. Yeah, all right, I'm down. Sandra I'll watch Bullock, it. The end of the world. Fish fingers. <laughs> um, but the the birds go crazy. Uh, Charlie's gone. When they get back to the house, where is Charlie? Um, and then John Melfish, I didn't even write down his line. It was something about one less mouth to feed or something. What was it? Sure, that one. So that let's sounds, see. He gives it very John Malkovich. <laughs> He gives another insensitive comment because he has a one-note character. Uh, Sandra Bullock and him have a conversation where he basically explains that he's a terrible person. He says, to call me a creep would be, or his first wife said, to call me a creep would be an affront to creeps everywhere. And uh, my second wife said she no longer feared going to hell because it couldn't have possibly been worse than being married to me. Uh, And then he's like, and then my third wife, she was nice. You killed her. And then just leaves (laughs) it at that. (laughs) A little bit weird. One other person shows up at the house. Uh, let's quickly cover this guy here because this will be important. Uh, the guy shows up at the house, so he's basically pleading like Olympia was. Olympia lets him in because she's an idiot. Uh, she's like, I was him once too. I was the one banging on the door. Olympia kills them all. Uh, Stupid Olympia. <laughs> Bloody he's Australians. He's sane. Uh, but this is, again, connecting the dots of not everybody's killing themselves. Uh, this guy is a little bit too sane, I think, for it to be plausible and him be infected with the same as everything else. He's saying he escaped from a mental institution, I think, is what they're talking about. Uh, John Malkovich is going to send him back out with a gun. Jackie Weaver gets her one moment in the movie where she hits him over the head. John Malkovich is thrown in the garage. He's going to have to live there. Um, everybody goes into labor at the same time. Convenient. Uh, and as they're giving birth, Crazy guy here um, who was just letting the door by Olympia puts on some record with I think it's supposed to be soothing music because everybody's you know, going into labor and uh, um, uh, he goes crazy. He starts killing people. Uh, let me cover a couple of things I missed in there, too, uh, for the flash forward stuff. Uh, but uh, there's the moment where she is now after the guy had attacked her on the river. Uh, trying to go get supplies because the boy, I guess, had fallen into the river and gotten cold. She finds some type of cabin or barracks or something. Uh, Something pulls on the rope. The kid got out. Um, She has a moment where she literally is shooting the breeze, which I thought was very (laughs) clever. (laughs) As the wind is blowing, she shoots it, shooting the breeze. Uh, (laughs) I get it. I I mean, you expect me to laugh, but, you know, like... Shooting the breeze. Oh, I get it. Shooting the breeze. Now that you say it for the fourth time, there it is. Birds in a box. Birds in a box, yo. B.D. Wong. (laughs) B.D. Wong in a box. Uh, Lucy and Felix, the cop and the drug addict, stole the car, so they're all stranded there. Um... (laughs) After the babies are given birth, the crazy guy he realizes now there to force all their eyes open and rip down the blinds and rip down the newspapers to kill them all. Uh, most of them do die. Jackie Weaver gets her eyes literally pried open, which is a great visual. 
Uh, Trevante Rose just gets knocked unconscious. Sandra Bullock hides under a blanket. Olympia uh, was looking out the window when he opened it, so she's dead. Uh, Sandra Bullock saves the babies. Trevante Rhodes to the rescue. John Malkovich gets in a fight with him at some point. Uh, John Malkovich is dead. Although he says, it's unfortunate I'm going to have to kill you and you don't get to see these beautiful creatures. There's also a moment in there where you see he has all these drawings, which I guess this is supposed to be what these people who have seen these creatures see, even though nobody else does. Like, they literally are. They kind of look like aliens or demons or, you know, phantom creatures. Uh, but everybody's dead now. Except for Sandra Bullock and Trevante Rhodes and Boy and Girl. Um, I'm not very smart. But... <laughs> there, just... look, wait, hold on. Hashtag... <laughs> Ben isn't very smart. <laughs> See, I'd write that down, but I'm too dumb. But, like, <laughs> movies generally have a... Some movies have a meaning or, like, a commentary on something or, you know, stuff like that. Is this movie trying to say that everyone with mental illness is inherently evil or something? Like, I don't know. Well, <laughs> the, the same people are going just as crazy. Like, do you think that's what it is, that the people who are mentally ill are the ones who don't kill themselves. But they're the ones who end up trying to be worse. But, and like, Well, I think with this guy, that's the case. But it's an interesting theory. I hadn't really thought about it, that whether that is supposed to be the very loose explanation for why some people are affected differently. Because I just thought, like, Fish Fingers, you know, at the supermarket <laughs> was just a regular guy. Guy on the river was just a regular guy. But maybe the idea is, if there are certain people who have different mental you know uh, a mental capacity let's just say maybe it's not even just mental illness but maybe somebody who is autistic would respond differently to these things and that's the explanation for it so it's an you're not that smart but you just thought of something i didn't it's possible i think of a lot of things that you don't um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, this is maybe a deliberate ploy by the makers of this film to keep things so open-ended so people can debate about it. I mean, yeah, it's annoying that we don't have a resolution, but in a way it's also kind of smart because you've got people talking about it still. So, hey. But, yeah, like, because we get that throwaway line when it's like, hey, that's my man Fishfingers. You know, he was in jail because he's a little bit crazy. Um, oh. And then, you know, then we get this bit with this guy. What's his name? Greg or Gary or something like that. How like, right. oh, I was running away from people from the mental asylum because they seem to be immune to it. Like, you know, so like you kind of get a couple of throwaway lines there that like, oh, it's it's mentally insane people that are, you know. But like the thing also that I don't, among many, that it's kind of like, huh, what? Like why does Gary Greg, <laughs> is he able to kind of like mask this and act and yet then conceal it and then kind of bring it out later on. Like, so far from what we saw with that guy in the river, he was just straight away like, come and see the light, come and see the light. I mean, I guess later on we've got these guys rolling up in cars and they're able to mask it, but that's five years later. They've developed, right? Like, I guess. But um, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of a bit odd that this guy gets let in and he's kind of playing along and like, oh, I love, say a little prayer for you. Like, you know, like... But you know what? I would... I actually do totally see what you're saying now, um, but I would go a different approach and not say, oh, people who are mentally ill are inherently evil. I would go the route of saying, kind of like what I was getting at, their brains simply operate differently, so they're responding differently. Because really, they're not doing anything different than the other people. I mean, you could say that uh, Sarah Paulson was still trying to kill her sister because her sister was in the car. 
these people just have a way of surviving it and you know or, or they can see it and they can appreciate it i think it's just their minds are operating in a different way which really is the way it would be in the real world their minds are simply just operating differently that's a good point. That, that's a good point. The thing, I think seeing these drawings, though, is a, is a wrong way of doing it because, mm-hmm. like, we then kind of almost have, like, a picture now of, like, well, lots of pictures here of kind of, like, well, this is what they're meant to look like. But at the end of the day, does that make sense? Because all these people are going, like, it's beautiful. You need to see it. Like, yeah. they're not... They're fucking ugly. Like, I mean, like, if you've got, like, a picture of Rene Russo, Shirley yeah. Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> Kevin Bacon, Brendan Fraser, I'm like, oh, wow, they are beautiful. I want to see it. Um, not, like, hideous tooth mask goblin guy. No, and I don't want to see that. I, you know, just to add to that, why would he have the need to draw them? Like, I would think somebody would draw it. I think a Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Have you seen that? Yeah, no, I haven't. Okay, Close Encounters of the Third Kind... You know, they see these UFOs, but then they get this image in their head that they can't get out of it. And everybody's trying to do different things. They're trying to – some people are drawing this image. The image is just that of a mountain. They don't know why they keep seeing this mountain in their mind. They're sculpting it. They're drawing it. They're doing whatever to try to pinpoint, I need to write this image down. This guy can see it. All you have to do is open the door and these things are everywhere. Why would he feel the need to draw it, to memorize it, you know? Open the door. Like, this would make sense if he saw these creatures once, but these things are literally everywhere. Yeah. Again, one of the many things that we're discovering. (laughs) I don't think you're meant to be doing a two-hour podcast analyzing Bird Box. I think you're just meant to enjoy it that Sandra Bullock wearing a blindfold and BD Wong's in it. But, um... (laughs) But I mean, like, you know, like, this is again kind of another one of those tropes where you know this guy's evil. I'm sorry. Like, you know, and blah, 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 blah. But um, I like the supermarket section, though. Like, I, I kind of like it. And I, I think we talked about this when we did the uh, the Day of the Dead franchise when the one where they are locked in the mall about how, like, it would be kind of cool to be stuck in a mall. Yeah. Like, this would be kind of cool to just be in a supermarket, you know, and just, like, have free range over everything. Um, that surely got a smell in there. If it's been like a month later, like all the food. Oh, there's a lot of rotting food that they're ignoring. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and like the the car thing with the GPS, like the bit there with like, you hear them like running over bodies and it's a speed bump. Yeah. That's a speed bump. Yep. Absolutely. All speed bumps I run over. (laughs) Oh, that one was a skull. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but actually, uh, there's one of the scenes when they're driving and you kind of see them, like, driving around things. I love the fact you see, like, a plane, like, sort of crashed, sort mm-hmm. of in the... That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, the, the the bird thing just kind of confused me. Because, like, it's just... It's why why does she get the bird? Like, it's just like, tweet, 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 tweet. And, like, oh, I'm going to keep it. And then they just happen to go, tweet, 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 tweet. And Crazy Fish Fingers is doing stuff. Like, good for him and all that. But also, like, the amount of food that they've got. Like, every single one of these people literally has a shopping cart filled to the brim of food. When you see them in the car next minute, like, they've got so much Six space bags. left in that car. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um... I do also, I don't know if I am jumping ahead here when Machine Gun Kelly and Cop Woman run away and we never yeah, see I them again. I mm-hmm. feel I feel like we would need a scene where we see they end up dying or something. It's like Day After Tomorrow last week where they all leave the library and like, you know, you should come with us. No, we're going to stay behind. At least you kind of see them yeah. dead like 20 minutes later. Or a later. scene like, of them debating going even. 
Yeah, it's just odd. It's just like, let's get rid of them. Like, is, have they kept this open? So if there's ever a Bird Box sequel, <laughs> we're going to see them hanging out with Dr. Neeler at the School for the Blind or something like that? Yeah. What um, was the Salazar? Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> Bird Box 2. In, in one of the bits where, like, it's in the future and she's, like, in that compound getting food, like, the blinds, like, you mentioned before about there's gaps in the blinds. There's one of these houses she goes to. All the freaking, like, there's so many gaps in the blind section. And, like, I don't get the tension bit here where, like, she goes in there and a little girl gets out of the boat. And it's like, eh, and then she's like, I told you not to leave the boat. Like, what's the point of that scene? Like, this little, is this meant to be because she's not really her daughter? Like, she's not going to listen to her as much or something like that? Like, I, I think I do. in part, the other part, I think, was just for the cheap scare of, oh, something's pulling on the rope. And then it turns out to just be the kid. And she's shooting the breeze. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do actually kind of like the whole rope thing, though, the way she's got, like, that rope and it kind of, you know, moves. That's that's clever, Uh, even though, again, logically, it doesn't make a lot of sense with some of it. But I think also, too, the argument could be made, like, you're going to adapt to these. Like, five years have passed. It's like if you go blind right now, if you went blind tomorrow your other senses adapt to being blind. So you're going to hear things differently. You're going to touch, like you adapt to that. So this is where I kind of feel like in some weird way where it's kind of silly to see her with a blindfold, putting her hands out, like you're moving a rope and all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, how the hell does she see that? How the hell does she navigate on the water? It has been five years of her basically having to go outside with a blindfold on. So she's adapted. She's gotten used to it. You're going to be, you know, senses a bit differently. So weird Ben defending something, but, um, yeah, I don't really have much else to add. When What's-His-Face puts the birds in the freezer, um, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, why do they go into labour at the same time? I thought this was going to be, like, some big, like, poignant moment. Like, ooh, this is a thing that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, no. And bye-bye, esteemed Australian actress, Olivia, whoever you are. I've got your name already. <laughs> Olivia, whatever you are. Danielle <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> That's it. Mm, McDonald's. Um, there's also a moment I can't remember where it was in the movie too, where uh, I think Sandra Bullock and Trevante Rhodes are the one having this conversation where uh, he's talking about, oh, don't worry, we have the the birds or whatever, and uh, she mentions, oh, Gary knew about the birds and he put them in the freezer, like. This isn't just her going to the supermarket and she's like, oh, a bird. Like apparently everybody in the world knows that the birds are stirred up by these things. But I'm sorry. If I had a bird in a cage in the house and I sneezed really loud, I bet you that bird's still going. <laughs> but it, it does. Because like, I've had birds too. And these fucking birds, they, they, they're yeah. mental. Like birds just go off over everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everybody knows. This is like a month later and they've done enough science to understand that birds can detect these things. Um the entire blind call. How would the blind colony know? They're not affected by these things anyways. How would they be like, oh, you know what? The birds are going crazy again. Must be going to them, nothing happened. Yeah. They don't yep. see anything. They don't even know if anybody else is dying. It's a school of blind people. We'll, we'll get to that on the end. But uh, In the middle um, of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On the river. Um, but uh, we fl- finally catch up now, um, five years later where uh, she's now training the kids with blindfolds and noises. Okay, follow the noise, follow the noise. Like you said, they've spent five years doing this. These kids have spent five years getting used to this. And that's one of the things I love about A Quiet Place is that they went to the trouble of showing, you know, you have to teach kids how to do this, even though I actually think this is one case where it's a little bit more believable just because it's easier to walk blind than to not make any noise at all. Um, They are going to uh, uh, another person's house 
which it, every time this movie they go into a new environment and they're not covering their noses i'm like how many dead bodies are there in this house how much rotting food like you said power has been out for who knows how long they're they're just raiding the neighborhood five years later and they're all excited because there's a pop tart but how many moldy you know bags of meat are there milk jugs in the fridge like this whole place would just stink so bad um but everybody eats perishable goods apparently uh i love with the pop tarts too where they give these to the kids and like kids this is what strawberry tastes like which uh, no first on the surface you're like okay that's kind of cool they're living in a world where maybe they wouldn't know what strawberries taste like but then you're like this is a pop tart (laughs) that's not like anything yeah and like was there no strawberry jam at the supermarket you guys got? Like, if you're picking cupboards clean, that's a non-perishable good. You know, it's a sealed container. Um, but still, there's good things for every bad thing there is in this movie. Uh, while they're out going around looking at the houses, you hear that there's cars on the street. You can actually see that they're driving around as if they're not blindfolded. So somebody's in the neighborhood five years later. Uh, the radio finally comes on. There's a guy, I can't remember what they said his name was. Uh, Rick, was it Rick, I think? Um, he says they have a compound. Now, this is also like expository dialogue happening very quickly. He's like, hello, hello, who is this? My name's Rick. I have a compound. You got to follow the river. You're going to follow the river. You're going to listen for the birds. You're going to go over the rapids and you're going to find us. All right, bye. Like, <laughs> it's very quick. And I understand them not sure. Tr- this is where the line came up. About, you know, uh, we, we should trust him. You know, he knows about the birds. It's like, well, Gary knew about the birds and he put them in the yeah. freezer, <laughs> which is a very valid point. Like he's Trevante Rhodes for a guy who survived for five years seems way too trusting of just the guy on the radio, considering they know now that people can be completely sane and not kill themselves, but just trying to make other people see this. Um, they make the plan that they should be getting away. Or I guess they haven't decided on the plan yet. They're debating about it. Uh, and, uh, as the car comes back, you know, we get an altercation here where people come out of the car and they actually, again, want to rip off their blindfolds. Uh, so, um, uh, Trevante Rhodes basically says, you know, take the boat and go. Uh, he stays behind. He fires a couple of shots. He actually shoots three of the people, even though he's blindfolded. And then not another the breeze, thing- <laughs> <laughs> not the breeze, <laughs> but, uh, Something that really, I, I could see where they were going with this is uh, Sandra Bullock is rushing away, you know, to get the kids away, and he's staying behind. He takes off the blindfold, which I think the idea, the logic of this is, okay, I'm never going to be able to kill all these. I, I was lucky and I shot three of them blindfolded, but I'm never going to be able to kill them all, and they will catch her and the kids, and the kids will die. So I need to look at them in order to shoot them, so he takes the risk. But... If he gets infected with this, he's then going to kill Sandra Bullock and the kids too. So yeah. it doesn't really match up why he would take this risk. Uh, although I guess he immediately kills himself before anything can happen. So maybe that does show you have at least a few seconds. So if we go back to Charlie looking out the crack in the door, maybe he, that's what he was doing. He just had a few seconds before he went completely nuts and, you know, he, he killed fish fingers. Um, <laughs> but uh, when she gets back to the house, you know, all the other people are dead because uh, Trevante Rhodes is able to kill them. Um, and uh, she also doesn't know. She, she Did she count the gunshots? Did she know that he didn't miss? Like, how does she know he's not coming back? She tells the kids he's not coming. Uh, he could just be injured. You could go back. If, you, if you're not here in the car anymore, you could go back and look for him at least. Uh, but... They, now we're basically catching up with the beginning of the movie, so they're at 42 hours on the river now. Uh, 
a scene that was teased earlier on about, you know, you're going to have to look when you're coming down the river at one point when you go over the rapids, otherwise you'll tip. They're debating, okay, I need to steer. One of you kids is going to have to look. And this is, again, something I think that was done very subtly in the movie that if they had put a little more effort into developing these these plot points, these character moments, that it would have been more effective. But the idea that one of these kids is hers and the other isn't. So you have the moment where boy, as she just identifies him as boy and girl, where boy... Yeah, boy is saying, I'll look, but you know that boy is her kid. And she's like, no, I'll decide who looks. And you think, oh, she's going to choose the girl because it was Olympia's kid, not hers. But the other way you could have gone with this is that she never wanted children. So it doesn't matter if it's her kid or somebody else's. You know, she has a very interesting character that's just not flushed out enough for you to know where they were intending to go with this. Uh, But regardless, it's quite effective when they have the scene of you think she's going to pick the girl. They both basically offer themselves. And then good she actress. Has the that little girl, can I just the say? I, I'm, yeah. You know, I, you're, you hate the old people, I hate the kids. But um, yeah. that little girl, and the little boy, they're actually both, they're not annoying. They're good actors. And like like that little girl, her face, like that mm-hmm. moment where she's kind of like, no, I will choose. And you're, yeah, as you're saying, like it's kind of like, oh, fuck, she's going to choose a girl because that's not really her kid. Yeah. She genuinely looks like, oh, my God, you're going to choose me and I'm going to kill And this kid's, what, like six? Like, she's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, like very young. and that's really the test of whether or not a child performance is good in a movie if you're not annoyed by them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fair. <laughs> um, but she has the flashback to when Olympia uh, was with her, which she gave her, we see this Hello Kitty toy for her little girl. So you see, well, she actually did care for the kid, even if it wasn't hers. And she eventually breaks down and says, nobody's going to look. We're going to all do this blind. We have kind of a fun, you know, sequence, fun just in terms of like intense uh, going over the rapids. The boat eventually tips uh there's a blind sequence here which i think this movie does work really well with a lot of the blindfolded stuff but i think they save so much of it for the end here that it gets a bit repetitive where it's like where are you follow your voice and like okay that's cool and then the whistle for girl and she finds her um and then all of a sudden they they bring the bird box i just want a line thank god the bird box is safe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's our living daylights moment of the movie uh must have scared the birds out of the box yeah. <laughs> uh, so you leave but, to bird uh, another box oh please end it now <laughs> the bird box is not enough <laughs> um yeah no uh, <laughs> no time to bird box uh <laughs> bird box bird box bird box <laughs> Let the bird box as we tumble. Uh, okay, so... From bird box with love. <laughs> On her bird box's secret service. I want to be the Wong with love. Da, 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 da. Biddy Wong, da, da, da. he's the man, the man with the Midas touch, and he strikes da, 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 like Biddy Wong. <laughs> I wanna wake up with Biddy oh, Wong. Shut up. This game's over. <laughs> I've got a BD to Wong, dun, dun. and you know he's going straight for the heart. What is that? License to Kill? <laughs> the Timothy Dalton movie? You may have interviewed the lead villain from that film? I'm not sure. I blank out during the uh, pre-title song that you seem to be the only one who likes. I'm on an old-time BD Wong. 
listen to the Oz Network to get these references. Sorry, listen to Double Oz Seven to get these references. And oh. then nobody does it better. You don't have to change any of the lyrics. <laughs> um, after they get out of the river, they're they're walking because they hear the birds. And the guy on the radio said, "Listen for the birds that are not in a box." Jamie from Wyoming. She's back on the movie. Oh. <laughs> Let's see can make an appearance. Birds. I'm from Wyoming. <laughs> uh, but there's voices uh, that they start to hear. So now you, you get that these creatures can communicate verbally too, I guess. Uh, she's hearing Javante Rhodes. The kids are hearing Sandra Bullock saying, take the blinds off. She's convincing herself it's not real. The kids, especially the girl. And this is the moment I actually thought the girl was the best in it, where Sandra Bullock is like, you can hear faintly in the distance saying, no, no, it's not me, don't listen to it. And then Sandra Bullock's voice again, which I guess the creatures are sort of using, saying, it's okay, take off the blindfold, girl. Are you sure it's okay? You told me to listen. You're like, I actually really love that moment. Mm. Um, but uh, she eventually gets to her just in time, and the kids don't take off the blindfold. There's a bit of a overly sappy scene here um, after you know they are rescued safe and don't hear the voices. And then the movie just sort of peters out. And this is what I was saying. Like, I don't think the climax is the best because we haven't really had any action scenes in this movie. It's been mostly suspense with the creatures. And I think the combination of we had this cool action scene in the rapids followed by a suspense scene with the creatures where they're just standing in the woods. So it's not like you can interact with things like the GPS on the car or, you know, an actual human who's possessed by this or whatever. It's just, oh, there's voices. Like, it's sort of like, yeah, that's an ending, I guess. And then they just walk and they walk into the blind school <laughs> where, oh, it all makes sense now. We're all blind here. That's how we're alive. And then they say, oh, the birds, uh, they'll warn us when the creature's in here. Which, again, they're all blind. They wouldn't know there's creatures or what the birds are freaking out for. The birds could be freaking out because there's a giant tidal wave that just washed away the Statue of Liberty like we saw last week. Um <laughs> But that's the explanation. It's, it's Like I said, the movie just sort of peters out here, which I, I wish there would have been a, a little bit more effective reveal than School for the Blind. Uh, and then they say, what do you think, boy and girl? Should we let the birds go? And they're like, yes. And I would love it here again if they opened it up and they say, thank you, Bird Box, for the safe journey. <laughs> <laughs> bird Box, coming soon. <laughs> uh, and then we see the doctors alive. Now, Yay. killing themselves, she must have been brilliant to know, don't look at anything outside, you will kill yourself too. Like, everybody else in this movie was either already indoors, or got thrown from a car and was staring face down on the pavement. She was in the hospital, where people in the hospital were getting infected, and there's windows everywhere, but... You know what? One character from earlier in the movie survives. It's just so tacked on and stupid. It's, it, it really feels like, oh, we need a sequel. You know, we're going to have to have a doctor. Or they had, just had to explain, well, how would this blind school survive if they didn't have a doctor? The doctor will come back. Oh, and how will they survive without, you know, somebody to feed them? Another grocery store clerk. <laughs> there should just be a lot of convenient things at the end of this movie. Uh, and then we get... I, I, I don't know. It, it makes sense, I guess, for the movie. But again, it's, it's just a painfully sappy. Uh, what are your names? I'm boy. I'm girl. No, this here is Olympia. And you are named after a very brave woman. And boy, 
your name is Tom, and you were named after the greatest man I ever knew, who also was really good in bed. Like, that's the <laughs> end of the movie, and then it just ends. So I really dislike, I'd say, the last ten minutes of this movie. Um, but I think we still had some good, exciting stuff between, you know, then and there. And once we get away from the whole flash-forward, flashback stuff, I think that this ending, it just flows really well. So it would be cool if somebody one day just sort of put together a chronological order of this the way that people have done with Memento, but... Bird box. Bird, bird in a box. Bird, 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 bird box. Um, I weirdly like the names boy and girl. Like, I, I would honestly too. call my children boy and girl. Like, it's, it's odd. go by mommy and daddy, why not yeah. boy and girl? And you're never going to forget their names. Like, ever. <laughs> Maybe a bit inappropriate if, like, later in life they realize they're not a boy or a girl but then you can just change their name to the other whatever where they go like then that's clever that's like when people name their cat dog and their dog cat <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm sure if your dog transitioned into a cat one day you could just yeah. change its name there you go um why does she end up calling her olympia like she knew olympia for five seconds and just because she's a mum, i thought she was going to call her after sarah paulson's character like you know like well, i guess because it's not her kid she's giving some respect to the parent I'm glad she forgets about a sister pretty quickly in a movie. Like, you know, like, everyone forgets about everyone. Um, Sarah Paulson. Um, like, okay, I'm just going to say this. If I die through some type of world event like this, and you end up raising Casper and the twins, oh, uh, you give new names, and you decide, Casper... Your new name is Noah. I'm going to be very upset with you that you're not honoring this <laughs> and, and I'm plus, sorry to tell you, Casper, you never get a date, <laughs> yes. I'm giving you a burden name. You will never get a date. You will hang out with animals on an ark your entire life. That's all that will happen. Um, I don't really know if I have much to add. Like, I'm legitimately thinking. I'm looking at my notes. Um, I, I agree with the ending is odd. Like, this this is a blind school in the middle. Like, who was the dick who built a blind school in the bush down a river? Like, let's get rid of all these blind people. And why are all these blind people, when you see these blind kids, almost treated like they've got, like, more than a disease of just being blind? I'm being blind's not a disease, but, like... Like, it's almost like you're looking at these people going, oh, they're going to die and they're sick because they're blind. Like, I'm sorry. If you're blind in this movie, you're in a bloody good position. Like and, you, you're you're fine, and like everybody's seen the meme of Ryan Seacrest trying to high five a blind guy. Who was the dick that built a blind school and spent thousand dollars creating some lush garden for them? Like they can't yeah. see it. What a waste and, of money! And this is also the thing too, where it's like the the light is clearly shining through these foliage on the roof. Where do they get into the door? Like it's it's kind of it's. And actually, one of the ones I didn't even think about, too, I think it was in the Everything Wrong With video, when, like, Sandra Bullock, like, goes into these houses, um, you know, surviving to raid them, like, how does she know there's not other survivors in there? Like, she's just opening this door and just killing survivors. Like, does this happen yeah. at her house? Like, knock yeah, exactly. first, Sandra. Yeah. Knock! It's not what if that Olympia me. just walked in and you all died in the process? What if Machine Gun Kelly and the other woman were there? Like, that, they'd survive to an Having ideal... Having sex trink- standing up right in the foyer. Five years later, that's the only position they can maintain <laughs> sex in. That's it. Um, but, yeah, the whole sacrifice thing at the end, like, you kind of know what's happening, and all right, cool. Uh, and, yeah, the, the 
the River Wild sequence going down the rapids. Um, maybe really want to watch the River Wild. How have we not done the River Wild? Colin Hilding. You got to do a bonus movie of it or something. Such a great movie. That I mean, was, Meryl, we, Meryl Streep. We created the Oz Network. I think most of it was in part, let's cover the Star Wars movies eventually. But then we're like, think about all the random movies we would love to talk about. Like The Sixth Day and Twister and The River Wild. And we just haven't gotten around to The River Wild. And let's be honest, when we first started this, the most exciting thing for us was Brendan Fraser, and then I think also yeah. Tobey Maguire. <laughs> and here we are, like, no disrespect, of course we're going to do Rene Russo month, but how have we not done Brendan Fraser month? <laughs> like, this is oh. like what the founding archive section yeah. of the Oz Network was based on the brilliance of Brendan Fraser. <laughs> let's make it happen. Yes, make Brendan Fraser month happen again. Um, yeah, Neela showing up at the end is just dumb. Like, like that is where... Machine Gun Kelly or Rosa Salazar. What's the name? Rosa Salazar. There we go. Say it pro- properly. They need <laughs> to job. show up. If we, thank you. I've, I've been practicing. Malkovich. Malkovich. Um, <laughs> Bullock. Sandra. Um, B J Wong. Oh, well, that's a bit wrong. Um, Travanti. <laughs> Colin. Um. Yeah, like, it's just, of all the characters that show up, like, her, like, make us care about Machine Gun Kelly and that a little bit more so they show up, or, like, make this, okay, this is honestly what I thought was going to happen. I thought, like, you're going to see Travante, like, unseen in the bush and screaming, like, ah, 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 and oh, no, he's dead. But then he shows up at the end. Happy ending. He survived. That would have been an appealing ending. There you go. Bit cliche, but make that and happen. could have ended with, how are you alive? That's a story for another time. Sequel! Jurassic Park 3 with what's-his-face, yeah. uh, Billy. Like, no, Billy, don't! Um, I see yeah. your hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you say no? Alan. Um, yeah, but, like, I mean, it is weird that, again, I still enjoy this movie. <laughs> like, it's kind of, it's it's actually really dumb. Now that you talk about this, it's, it's like Outbreak. When we talked about Outbreak, we were like, yeah. this movie's kind of dumb. But then at the end of it, you and I were both like, yeah, no, we're binning this movie. I still don't even know. I feel I'm going to buy this movie. I don't actually know because <laughs> I weirdly enjoy this movie. Uh, maybe I'm just going to make a new law. Any movie that BD Wong is in, I will buy, no matter what it it's is. <laughs> hashtag must buy BD Wong. <laughs> must buy BD The supermarkets are running out of materials, including BD Wong. But um, but, it, but like we talk about Sandra Sandra Bullock's great performance in this movie. I don't think we've really sold it too much. Like that bit where she is yelling at the kids and kind of like, yeah, I, I get you. That forest scene is a little bit on the nose, where it's kind of like, okay, we get it, you know. But she's, she's I don't know. Sandra Bullock's great. Like I, I think you've talked a little bit about it before about how you know her Oscar win maybe wasn't thoroughly deserved. I mean, I I like her in that movie. I, I like that movie. I'm what's it called again? I've gone blank on it. No, no, no. The one she won the Oscar for. I thought she won it for Gravity. No, she won Oh, The Blind Side. She won it for The Blind Side. Oh, Blind Side. Did she win for Gravity too? No, no. She was nominated, but she didn't win it. I think oh, she was favorite, gosh. but she never ended up winning Yeah, she was way better. I mean, she was good in Blind Side, but way better in Gravity. Yeah, like, I, I enjoy The Blind Side, but I kind of remember seeing that movie going, like, is this really Oscar worthy? Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I'm glad she's won an Oscar. Again, I love Sandra Bullock, but I would say her acting is better in this than it is in uh, The Blind Side. You know, I feel she's improved as an actress. Not that she was ever bad. Oh, but, yeah. Um, she's in, it's she like Matthew Oscar, McConaughey. She's gotten better. She, yeah. Yeah, she decided to stop letting them dump, 
you know, trucks uh, loads full of cash on her front lawn and said, hey, let me start making some movies. It'll be somewhat respectable. Yeah. And good on her. Good on you. Good on you, Sandra. Like, yeah. good on you. Sandra, Queen stays Queen. There you go. Um, <laughs> I don't really have anything else to add. I really don't. Oh, actually, funny funny story. Yesterday, at the time of recording this, I uh, I went for a walk and uh, there was this area near where I'm living. Uh, it's like a, you've got to walk down a path and it's kind of like a, a forest, kind of your very stereotypical Canadian forest. And I had just watched Bird Box that morning. So I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of scary now. <laughs> Should I close my eyes? Oh, <laughs> There's a bit of a a bit of a delay there. Like, oh, I got it! Ah, shoot the breeze! Oh, just like in the movie. Okay. <laughs> You're like, what, Ben? Are you dumb? You said before you were dumb. Um. All right, so let's talk about box office here. Oh, sorry, let's skip that segment. But actually, how many subscribers uh, did they get to Netflix that month? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, like we said, this was the Netflix sensation, even though Netflix had done a lot of original movies and I, this was the year that they really made the push for it. Like they had, they signed the Coen brothers on to do a movie exclusive for Netflix. And then Alfonso Crone with uh, Roma. Uh, and then this came out and the movie with no respectable director, Sandra Bullock, you know, who was you know big star, but not necessarily biggest box office draw anymore. Uh, and she, you know, brings some name value to this, but it's not like she's the only big star to do something on Netflix. And this thing just, it was the movie, like you said, everybody had seen. I remember you know, probably the week I saw this movie, you know, saying, oh, we watched the movie Bird Box. Oh, yeah, I wanted to watch that one. And then within a week, everybody's like, oh, I watched that Bird Box movie. Oh, I saw this. Well, hey, what about that part in Bird Box? Uh, this movie was seen by, like, millions and millions of people. I think it set the record. Uh, what was it, like 45 million people in the first seven days or something like that? Yeah, uh, had 80 viewed- million or something like that, the Netflix yeah. claimed, I think it was. Yeah, which, I mean, if you think about what the average price of an admission is, that would put this at, like, let's say $150, $200 million opening weekend. But it's not quite realistic because people pay $10 a month for Netflix and they watch it all the time. So, you know, there was, um, uh, I guess, somebody worked out what the box office movie would have been based on the amount of people who actually saw this or what the amount of people who saw this and would have paid money for it. However it is they did it, they said... This movie's success was the equivalent of about $98 million. So let's figure this is a $100 million movie, which still, for any Netflix original movie, still to this day, $100 million is big. Funny enough, I think that the the big comparison for you know how much uh, people watch Bird Box versus this, the viewership for the new Chris Hemsworth movie and, and uh, Russo, the guys who made the Avengers and uh, Captain America movies, the Russos, the new movie they Renee? did, Extraction. No, uh, but uh, the the new movie Extraction that just came out uh, was seen by twice as many people in the first seven days as watch Bird Box. And yet it's not like everybody's talking about Extraction. I think that's the big difference here. You know, we're at a point where everybody has seen, you know, uh, Bird Box. Everybody's seen Netflix, but it didn't have the same impact. So regardless of whether or not this anybody thought this was a really movie, I remember most people who saw this saying like, yeah, you know, I really enjoyed it. Kind of like we're saying, I enjoyed it. There's a lot of plot holes, but I enjoyed it. But this was a movie that got people talking. Uh, so no real box office figures. But uh, let's uh, do an experiment here. If you want to stall for time, Ben. Um, bird box, bird, uh, bird, bird, bird box, bird box, bird, 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 bird box, bird box, bird, 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 bird
<laughs> All right. And we are back. Uh, so if the figures they come up with would be that this would be the equivalent of about $98 million, uh, that would have put this movie at the domestic box office uh, at, just behind Christopher Robin uh, for <laughs> 2018, uh, behind A Wrinkle in Time, Rampage, The Equalizer 2. Uh, so Casper's oh, uh, yeah. very upset that he got beaten by Christopher Robin. Not Christopher Robin! Um, I also, I know we've said this before, but I hate the way the box office mojo is worked out now. Um, oh, no, it's confusing, box office yeah. mojo. Uh, but let's let's uh, let's just go with that number. It's somewhere around Christopher Robin level, uh, above Green Book. So still made a ton of money, but it had a huge impact. And definitely got Netflix more in the business of let's invest some money into some of the movies you're making and not just make these low-budget things. Because this was a low-budget movie, I guess. Uh, reviews. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of pretty good ones here. Uh, uh, positive reviews. Sarah L. Mahmood from Cinema Blend. Ah, Bird Box's greatest strength undeniably lies in the perfect casting of Sandra Bullock in the lead role, which I'm going to say absolutely. Like, Sandra Bullock for somebody who made her career on doing romantic comedies, the fact that she's playing this very aggressive mother, which I actually thought was so much more realistic, you know, it was perfect for her. And I can't see many other people being able to pull this off. Um, (laughs) Bonnie Burton from CNET says, by the end of the film, I'd started to wish I'd blindfolded myself. In fact, I started to root for the monsters. Uh, Um, Cody Coral from Chicago Reader says it squanders an opportunity for thoughtful commentary on trauma and survival, which that I'll agree with. Uh, Peter Rayner from Film Week said should have been called Bird Brained. Uh, <laughs> still, it has sixty three percent, which is fairly commendable for if you want to call it a horror movie, uh, supernatural thriller, whatever. Uh, obviously, not the same acclaim as uh, A Quiet Place had, but you know, definitely not a hated movie. Uh, let's go to plot keywords here. I got some really good ones up in advance. Uh, let's start with, uh, the upcoming month on blind schools, schools yep. for the blind Can't with wait. Little House on the Prairie, Bird <laughs> Fox, <laughs> May, Jennifer 8, uh, School for the Blind Month, eh, possibly. Uh, this is one you're really going to like, Ben, especially when we get to the choices we have here. Uh, we are going to be covering Parakeet Month. Oh, finally. I, Tonya, Bird Box, Rush, with Chris oh. Hemsworth, Daniel Brühl, and The Secret Life of Pets Part 2. I do uh, love whoever's written these is weirdly obsessed with interracial love because you have I, interracial I, romance, black man, white woman <laughs> romance, black man, white woman sex, black yeah. man, white woman relationship, black man, white woman kiss. Yeah, th- I noticed the same thing on there. Um, it's just like when we go through it and there's always like bare-chested man, you know, which I think Believe is an odd is on here too. Um, oh, in- no, uh, I was going to call you Noah. Noah! Um, oh! <laughs> can we please do walk-in refrigerator month? <laughs> please. Featuring sure. Bird Box 301-302, Kitchen Nightmares episode Barefoot <laughs> Bobs, and Ace of Cakes episode Charm and Charities. Uh, I'm somewhat intrigued just by the, the titles and the posters of what comes up on this one for Invisible Creature Month with Bird Box, <laughs> Master Eater and his Pumicle, an animated oh. television show, uh, Stranded, and Orloff Against the Invisible Man. 
Uh, plus oh, I've been the, waiting to see that. The 2016 animated hit, The Odd Sock Eaters. Well, which is well you th- odd sock think eaters. that sounds exciting. Let's go with Pop-Tarts Month. <laughs> yeah, oh, featuring- yeah, that was- <laughs> Bird Box, Bumblebee, Premonition, and Two and a Half Men episode, episode Alan Shot a Little Girl. Uh, Bird Box only comes in fifth on this one, so maybe we have to cover these movies so we could have Sex Standing Up Month with no. The Shawshank Redemption, The Wolf of Wall Street, Love, and The Interview with James Franco and Seth Rogen having Sex Standing Up, I guess. Now, now, now I'm, I'm just... It's been a while since I've seen The Shawshank Redemption, but correct me, the scene of Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins having sex standing <laughs> yes. up. I, I don't know if that happened or not. Again, been a while since I've seen it, but... I do distinctly remember the Wolf of Wall Street scene of Leonardo DiCaprio and Matthew McConaughey having sex standing up. Oh, I thought it was going to be with, um, not Seth Rogen, the other <laughs> dude. What's his name? Jonah. Jonah no? Hill? <laughs> Jonah Hill, thank you. Oh, uh, I was finally you, wondering what? when those two were going to get together. The third one on this list, which clearly shows two women sticking their tongues down each other's throats, love. Uh, finally, a movie we could cover in a month where Ben will not be mistaken when he thinks that it's a lesbian couple. Oh, Murphy is an American living in Paris who enters a highly sexually and emotionally charged relationship with the unstable Electra. Can we watch this movie? I'm I'm down. Rated R18. Unaware of the effect it will have standing up on their relationship, they invite their pretty neighbor into their bed standing up. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what. This is a movie long, like you know, <laughs> it's about time you watch some better porn than what we saw in Zardoz on Double Seven. I think we need to watch Love. This this looks good. Uh, just want to say, Skyfall is on Sex Standing Up Month. Uh, so maybe what? there's it's number seven. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, when, Ju- when Judy and Bond caught up, that's yeah. it. Do me, Bond. Standing up. I'll slap you if you don't. <laughs> you teased uh, whether you might buy this movie. Uh, you know what's funny? I would say I would have bought this movie if it wasn't for the fact that I think that all these flash-forward things really are killed on a second viewing. So I would dump this down to a rent, but I would give this a very solid rent. Are, are you... Hanging on the the rent or the buy at this point, or are you going to bin it like Outbreak? I'm not binning it. No, I'm I'm, I'm actually going to buy it. I yeah, I, I actually just I didn't expect to like this movie. I kind of thought like, oh, this is going to be like a middle of the road movie, but I, I weirdly like. It. I actually weirdly would watch this again. Um, you know, it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, it's got a lot of problems with it, but it's just it's got enough entertainment that I would enjoy it. And plus. On the Oz Network, this is now the third BD Wong movie we've covered, and I've bought all three of them. So uh, I'm I'm on a good track record with BD Wong. So I'm keeping this 100%. Like, I think we mentioned on 007 Now, download, that when we did Zardoz, although I don't think it's actually been released yet, so spoiler alert if you haven't listened to it in the future. Um, wait, hang on. Recording now. It hasn't been released, but really, I should really edit this out, but no one cares. But uh, the point is... Just listen to 007. That is our one I... plug of the episode, as we've said five times. <laughs> we we said in that episode that we're going to create a new category of, like, you know, buy it, rent it, bin it, Zardoz it. Where yeah. We're go, what the fuck is this movie? Um, I mean, I feel like we almost need a BD Wong it. Uh, <laughs> like... <laughs> but no, I'm buying it. In all seriousness, buying it. All right. We have one week left to the end of the world, and I think this is going to be the most fun we're going to have. Uh, oh, where we... would you rate this? It's quickly, in the three that we've done, oh, where oh, would yeah. this come? Um, let's see. I mean, Day After Tomorrow is obviously number one. I think this is obviously number two, and then Outbreak is obviously number three. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, Same next week's going to be interesting because I think that for everything that Outbreak had going wrong uh, and everything the day after tomorrow even had going wrong, I almost feel like 2012, for those reasons, it's going to be right. Like, 2012 is one of these movies that the more absurd it gets and the more implausible it gets, the more I actually enjoy it because it is an absolutely ridiculous movie. It is the most ridiculous end-of-the-world disaster movie I have ever seen and yet I love this movie. I don't love it to the same extent as Day After Tomorrow, but I enjoy this movie so much that like if it's on TV, I'm watching it. I'm laughing the whole time, but I'm really digging it. It's probably the last great end of the world movie. Um mm-hmm. and like it's just like Roland Emmerich after, you know, destroying the world, however many times he'd done it, he's finally like, fuck it, I'm gonna take some smack. I'm gonna just go to town and just make the most outlandish end of the world movie ever. Because like we thought we had trouble trying to explain science because we're two esteemed sciences, scientists, of course, in Day After Tomorrow. Th- this movie just puts everything out the window. Like, oh, there's a thing, an Indian guy discovers something under the ground and whatever. The rest is just LA gets destroyed, Vegas goes, a boat crashes into Mount Everest, sure. That's uh, <laughs> just literally absolute end of the world, smack gone, just cray cray. And I'm with you. Like 2012 is, is weirdly an absolute blast. Like this is where I feel Roland Emmerich tried to keep this notion on with Independence Day resurgence. And he completely forgot the tone of the first Independence Day movie and went more of a 2012 movie. And that's why Independence Day resurgence just did not work. And then like, you have like Geostorm, which kind of tries to go for this whack job, crazy shit. And just, fucking destroys it just terrible so yeah now i it, it let's be honest it is a bad movie but it's a fantastic bad this is the batman and robin of end of the world movies that you're gonna if you can check your brain at the door of how dumb this movie is you're gonna love it and i love it i love it too and we got woody harrelson john yes. cusack tandy newton tandy newton danny glover danny glover um, there's also, you, you always have, I, I think I, I run into this a couple of times when I mentioned like, oh, this actor was on Alias, this actor was on Covert Affairs. Uh, but there is an actor who is in this movie who I absolutely love from just random things that, uh, I'm going to be a huge fan of. So uh, Oliver Platt. I love Oliver uh-huh. Platt. Um, who, and what, what did we say last week? John Cusack's wife. Who is she? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> but her. <laughs> the one I'm really excited for is Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, oh, yes! He's so good. Like, oh, one of my absolute favorite actors. And I think this was like, I had seen him in one other movie prior to this, but this was like, oh, I want this guy in like every movie from now until the end of eternity. And and I will, between now and next week, try to learn how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I'm still trying to learn Fukunagawa. <laughs> so, Chia Tua Ifanugawa. Chiwetel Chi, oh, if, I want to go Ifanugawa. Who's that? Um, Chila, <laughs> Chila to, uh, what's his last name? Chiwetel. Chiwetel. Ejiofor. 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 <laughs> Isn't that the things that were killing people in this movie? It was a yes. bad case of Chiwetel. Ejiofor. Ejiofor. I seriously want to say his name. Like between now and next week. She uh tell tell Chiwatel A Gia for A Gia for Chia tell a Gia for Chia tell a Gia for Chia tell a Gia for Say his name, say his name, D D Wong. 
All right, so that'll do it for us. And thank you for tuning in and listen to all of our other content, like our amazing Survivor finale recap we had. Give it another listen. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that happened. It was great. <laughs> remember when Rossi and Jared and Ivan were on and it was the greatest episode ever? Uh, and remember when, insert name here, said that <laughs> one funny thing on the episode. It was so good. <laughs> Go back and listen to it, but I'm sure you already have about ten times already. Um, my, name is... post. <laughs> my name is Colin, and BD Wong and the Hulk once had an arm wrestling contest. Whoever lost had to paint themselves dream. And my name is Benawea Gia 4, and fear of spiders is called arachnophobia. Fear of tight spaces is called claustrophobia, and fear of BD Wong is just plain logic. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.